clock has hit zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Well, how about that, Cougar fans? Another ranked team coming into Provo. BYU takes down number 14, Boise State, 28-25. The Cougars snap the three-game losing streak. They head into the bye week on a huge victory. Now they will have two weeks to prepare for the Utah State Aggies in Logan. Lots to get to. We'll let you hear from the coaches and players in the post-game uh, press conference room. We'll do that when they are available. Also take some of your uh, tweets if you'd like to chime in on the victory at JSN Shep, at JSN Shep on Twitter. Chime in. Let me know what you're feeling. I can see most of you are still on the field. I can look out into the distance, see most of you are in your cars. So uh, maybe uh, send, a, send a tweet because you're not going anywhere for a while. It's not like you're driving and tweeting. You're sitting in your car. So you might as well send in a tweet. Let me know how pumped you are. This was such a big win for BYU and a massive, massive third quarter where BYU outscored the Broncos 21 to nothing. Yes, things got a little hairy towards the end, but I, I've got to say, and I was 100% with Riley Nelson. I would have punted that ball. On fourth down, I absolutely would have punted that ball. So the guts that it took for Kalani Sataki and the coaching staff to go for it, that showed a lot of confidence. I think that was a, a vote of confidence in the players, in the scheme, that they were going to get it done, and at, they absolutely did. Just a massive win for BYU. Now, for Boise State, get their first loss of the year. I was seeing on social media a lot of people say, obviously, they may not necessarily be the front runner. They're still in the mix, though, for the New Year's Six Bowl, but it definitely took a major hit today uh, as it looked like if they were winning, uh, if they won tonight, uh, they would have a pretty easy stretch uh, the rest of the way outside of maybe the trip to Logan uh, to be able to finish the season undefeated and maybe shore up that New York Six Bowl. But nonetheless, BYU gets the win 28-25. And uh, the first start for Baylor Romney, a very impressive one. We talked about it in pregame, talked about it at halftime. The guy did not look phased one bit. He was calm, he was collected, no confusion. His evening, 15 of 26, 221 yards and two touchdowns, a passer rating of 154.5. He also rushed for one yard, had, to, had a sack take some of that away, but uh, his ability to move around the pocket, he looked totally comfortable and just a, a massive game for BYU. Matt Bushman with 101 yards receiving, Talon Shumway with 74, and what a game for Sione Finau his first career touchdown, 11 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown as BYU gets the win, 28-25. Let's head to uh, social media. And again, if you'd like to chime in on the broadcast, you can tweet me at JSN Shep, at JSN Shep. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, it has some people wondering if it's worth storming the field. Look, hey, we're not going to judge people storming the field right now. They were excited. It was a win over a ranked team. Uh, people are happy and excited. And, and after the last three weeks, I think people deserve to be happy uh, with uh, with running with storming the field. Uh, this one in from uh, Deanna says, proves that on any given Saturday, the ranked teams can go down. It's something that, uh, that Riley Nelson was talking about. Hey, we, we talked about it earlier that you had the Illini, you had Illinois upset number six Wisconsin today. BYU doing the exact same here today. Uh, Paul says, as a BYU fan living in Boise, 
It's been an agonizing few years. We'll be repping the Y with unbridled pride the next year. Yeah, this is now BYU's uh, third win over Boise State. All those games have come here in Provo. The next step in the rivalry is to get that win up on the Smurf turf up in Boise, but for right now, we're not even gonna worry about that. And don't forget, the next home game for BYU is coming up on November 9th, as I'm reminded, as I look at the uh, Jumbotron here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, that game against Liberty, uh, again on November 9th. Uh, let's see some of your other ones here. Uh, let's see. Either Leroy or Leroy, so I apologize, I'm gonna cover my bases. Nine games out of 10, BYU would have lost. Poor execution and defense on Boise State's part in the final half ultimately led to the loss. Look, BYU did enough to win. BYU was the more aggressive team in my opinion from start to finish. Uh, and the gutsy call to go for it on fourth down, again, just a massive call. I, If it were my call, I was the coach, I would have punted it away. So the fact that BYU went for it, went with the scrum, Austin Kofensis picks up the first down, just uh, showing confidence in, in an offense that, uh, that over the last couple of weeks had struggled. Not today, 28 points. And again, I had tweeted this out at the end of the third quarter. The 28 points was the most BYU scored in regulation this season. The most they'd scored for uh, the season in general is 30, but it took overtime to get there. I thought maybe BYU was going to add a few more, but 28 points was enough to, uh, to win the game. Again, 28-25 the final, BYU over number 14, Boise State. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll get to some scores in top 25 college football. Plus, I'm keeping an eye on the postgame press conference room, and uh, we are expecting Kalani Satake coming up in just a few minutes. So we'll get to that coming up on the other side. This is Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU 28, 14th ranked Boise State 25. The Cougars get the win, upsetting Boise State. Broncos now 6-1 on the season, waiting for head coach Kalani Satake to make his way to the postgame press conference room. But hey, as a BYU fan, I know you're feeling pretty good after the Cougar win. How about this? We're going to make things even better. Remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50. That's BYU50 at PapaJohns.com this coming Monday and Tuesday, and you're going to receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location. All right, while we have some time, still waiting for head coach Kalani Satake, let's update you on other action in college football, a uh, couple of local teams will give these scores first. Earlier today, Weber State winning uh, over Northern Arizona. That game was in Ogden, I believe. 51-28, the final score. Uh, things not so good for Southern Utah. Uh, they lose to UC Davis in Cedar City. Final score, 33-25. I am still waiting for an updated score uh, from Utah State, Nevada. Last time I saw it was 22-3 in favor of the Aggies. They certainly were on their way to a victory. And again, don't forget, it was uh, it's in two weeks. You're going to have uh, BYU on the road at Logan. And uh, look, look, this is, this is why Riley Nelson is such a, a good broadcaster slash friend. He came over and wrote down the score. 36-10, the final score. Utah State defeating the Nevada Wolfpack. All right, top 25 action. Number one, Alabama defeats Tennessee 35-13. Number two, LSU gets the win on the road at Mississippi State 
36 to 13. Number three, Clemson winning at Louisville, 45 to 10. 15th ranked Oklahoma defeats West Virginia, 52-14. I mentioned this earlier, Illinois upsets number six, Wisconsin, 24-23 on a field goal as time expired. Number seven, Penn State takes down number 16, Michigan, 28 to 21. Ninth ranked Florida, Defeats South Carolina 38-27. The Georgia Bulldogs, 10th ranked in the country, shut out Kentucky 21 to nothing. Number nine, Florida over South Carolina 38-27. I just mentioned that one, sorry. 11, 11th ranked Auburn over Arkansas 51 to 10. A really entertaining game up at the Pacific Northwest. Number 12, Oregon at number 25, Washington. The Ducks get the win. 35-31 came down to a fourth down play for Washington to continue a drive as they were looking for the go-ahead score under one minute. We're not able to convert, and the Ducks victorious again, 35-31. In Salt Lake City tonight, number 13, Utah, defeating number 17, Arizona State, 21-3. 15th-ranked Texas, two better than Kansas. The offense was a plenty in Austin, 50-48 the final score. Number 18, Baylor, winning at Oklahoma State, 45 to 27, 19th ranked SMU defeats Temple 45-21. Another upset in the top 20, or excuse me, 20th ranked Minnesota defeating Rutgers 42-7. Here's the upset, Vanderbilt defeating 22, 22nd ranked Mizzou 21-14 the final score. Cincinnati on top of Tulsa 24-13. Number 23, Iowa on top of Purdue 26-20. And 24th ranked Appalachian State defeating Louisiana Monroe by a final score of 52-7. Friday night, in case you were wondering, number four, Ohio State didn't see this one. They defeat Northwestern 52-3. Our final from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 28-25. BYU gets the win over the Boise State Broncos. I think we're going to try and squeeze in another break. When we come back, we should have Kalani Sataki on the other side. Cougars get the win. We'll have more of Cougar Post Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Down goes Boise State. BYU takes down 14th ranked Boise State by a final score of 28 to 25. Welcome back into our Mobetta's broadcast booth here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Cougars getting the win. The crowd filing out of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Very happy. If you'd like to chime in, you can do so on Twitter at JSN Shep. Uh, that's what Luca Reed did. Luca says, watch this from home. Love the pushy offense and the uh, persistency from BYU. Nice to see the team with consistent energy from start to finish. And look, the offense I thought was really creative. I thought the play calling was fantastic tonight. And, and the team came out certainly uh, focused with the task at hand. And uh, offensively, I mean, we saw 28 points. And again, 21-0, BYU outscoring Boise State in that third quarter. It was great to see, especially when you had Baylor Romney, your third-string quarterback, making his first career start. A fantastic night for him. Sione Finau played well. Lopini Katoa started things off well for BYU, not just running the ball, but catching the ball out of the backfield. It was a really good offensive performance. And how about the offensive line? This, this were, there were a lot of people that were being moved around. You had some guys that were in the lineup, in the offensive line because of injury. Offensive line, I thought, did a fantastic job of not only protecting Baylor-Romney, but opening up the holes, giving the running backs the lanes to move, and, and just keeping pressure off 
out of the backfield. I, I thought the offensive line did a fantastic job. Uh, this tweet coming in saying, good news here in Rome. Great coverage starting at 4 a.m. Gutsy scrum call, good confidence in the offense. And, yeah, for those that may not have seen what happened at the very end from the 35-yard line or just shy of the 35-yard line, originally the call was BYU had the first down. So at that point, you're thinking, well, this thing is over. BYU is going to win this. They go review it. They say BYU is just a little bit short. So you're talking about fourth and inches. The scrum formation comes in. BYU goes for it on fourth down. I mean, they are deep in their own territory. If they do not get this, remember, all Boise State needs is a field goal to tie, but they have plenty of time with a timeout to score a touchdown. BYU comes in, goes for it on fourth. Austin Kofensis in the scrum formation picks it up. Gets the first down, and that's all she wrote for the Broncos in their undefeated season. Uh, this one, we go from listening in Rome to uh, Dwayne listening in Arkansas. little difference between Rome and Arkansas. says, congratulations on the big win, BYU football. And it certainly was. You look at the wins for BYU. They have wins on the road at Tennessee. Then you have the home win over ranked USC. Then you have the home win against ranked Boise State, uh, it does maybe kind of scratch your head a little bit on some of the losses over the last couple of weeks, but you know what? You can't do anything about those now. All you can do, the coaching staff talked about it all week long, but they had to make the necessary adjustments to put this team in a situation where they could win. It's exactly what we saw. We mentioned the offense and the creative play calling. On the defensive side of things, you talk about the word that comes to mind is aggressive. I think we saw this defense much more aggressive. I think they were much more aggressive pursuing the quarterback. I think they were much more aggressive in the box. I think they were much more aggressive just in their tackling. I don't remember as many missed tackles in this game as maybe we've seen in the last couple of weeks. So I think what you saw on both sides of the football was a much more focused team and, uh, and a team that came out believing that they could beat this team. Uh, this one coming in from Kira says, great win for the program and good for the fans too because – uh, because we be over here like, and then it's a gif of a roller coaster, which is how fin, fin, or fans have been feeling over the, uh, the last couple of weeks. This one in from Paul says, why punt? You certainly should have enough confidence to gain half a yard no matter uh, where you are on the field. Great win no matter what. Look, I'm not saying that, uh, that it wasn't the right. I'm just saying I don't know if I would have had the guts to, call, to go for it on fourth just in case you have a bobbled snap or something. I, you play the odds at that point. You give yourself uh, the opportunity to defend the majority of the field. And the way the defense had played, uh, maybe not at that point of the game, but overall, that's what I would have done. Certainly Kalani Satake uh, is paid the big bucks to make those decisions and made the right one tonight because BYU picked it up. But for me, I, I don't, just don't know if I would have had the, uh, the guts to go for it on fourth. But, hey, again, he had confidence in his players. He had confidence they were going to be able to pick it up, and that's exactly what they did. We're still waiting for head coach Kalani Satake. Uh, I'm going to look over Greg. Uh, Greg, do you want me to uh, you want me to keep going, or do you want to take a break and have uh, Kalani in yours? All right, you know what? Uh, Kalani is probably celebrating with his team, and rightfully so. He deserves every bit of celebration tonight. It's BYU gets the win 28-25. That's going to do it for Cougar Post Game Live. The Cougar Post Game uh, Locker Room Show is coming your way next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the MoBetta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to LaBelle Edwards Stadium. Official attendance number tonight, 58,930. Now, the actual number of people in seats may have been lower, but let's also note that the attendance tonight was really spread around the stadium, and on a cold, wet, windy night, uh, there, was mo- there was noise being made. And the BYU fans, Riley Nelson, had a lot to applaud and cheer as their team defeats a ranked team for the second time in four home games this year, 28-25 over Boise State. Gets one back in the regional rivalry, and that's the thing too, right? You've lost nine in a row to Utah. You've lost back-to-back games to the Aggies, three in a row to Boise State. Kalani emphasizes so much these regional games, the rivalry games. You've got to win them. You can't have to let this thing become a, 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 a thing that begins to roll on you year after year. And uh, Boise was looking for a fourth straight win over BYU for a first time ever. It didn't happen. And BYU was dominant in making sure it didn't happen. Yes, the Cougars get outgained, but uh, that third quarter is where BYU asserts itself and takes a game they're trailing 10-7 to to a game they lead 28-10, to and they hang on from there. No question. You mentioned the crowd since it's Sunday now, officially, at 12.21 a.m. Uh, the weather, I think, separated the wheat from the tares, so the wheat that was left in the stadium was they were tried and true, and they brought the energy, and they were big on four, on third downs, and they helped this offense continue to maintain momentum as they were able to play. And great, and and so kudos and, and congratulations to everyone here who was able to enjoy that with this team. You mentioned the importance of these regional games. Zach Wilson was committed to Boise State before um, before BYU. So they are in recruiting battles for very good in-state players that BYU, obviously, that are impact players. You know, imagine if Zach would have ended up at Boise. Instead, he's at BYU and has been able to make an impact here. So to these head-to-head matchups are incredibly important. And so to be able to break that streak, to be able to get another win, to be able to turn the tides as we start the second half of the season, this win just did it provided a myriad of remedies for this program. And within the season itself, BYU was uh, on a three-game skid. They, they, they last won a game more than a month ago when it was still warm and sunny in the afternoon. So, right. yeah, the, that USC game came a long time ago. That was back on, on September 14th. You wow. know, th- th- this, is, this is October 19th, now October 20th, right? So it's more than a month ago that you last won a game. If you had to have that stretch through a bye week and, and wait till November to try and win again, just imagine the weight of that. So they snap a three-game skid overall. They snap a three-game skid against Boise, and they do it with a third-string quarterback. The, the The presumption was that Chase Cord, now it was his first start as well, but he had reps. He had touchdown passes last week. He looked good. Yeah, they're missing Bachmeyer. That's a real deal. Hank Bachmeyer didn't play. But BYU's down to not just missing their one guy, missing their top two guys. No Zach Wilson, no Jaron Hall. Could Baylor Romney outduel Chase Cord? And tonight he did. And no question. And listen, George Halani, who is their workhorse running back, it, BYU is missing their workhorse running back, Tyson Williams. That's not to be understated. And we talked about Curtis Weaver, you know, he went up against a guy making his first start in a 280-pound right tackle where most people at that position are 305 to 310. Uh, 
Blake Freeland held his own and was going up against the all-time sack leader in the Mountain West Conference. So BYU was able to, I I feel like due to some of the intangible things, the Mitch talked about on the sidelines, the energy was different tonight. The at Jason talked about the aggressiveness and the approach to the game plan on both sides of the ball was different tonight. This was a different team than those that kind of came limping out of the stadiums in Toledo and South Florida. And I hope this is the team that continues to show up for the remaining five games uh, on the regular season schedule. Kalani's comments coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Preceding head coach Kalani Sitake to the press conference podium, our tight end Matt Bushman and quarterback Baylor Romney. Cougars 28, Boise State 25. Yeah, so it was a little, uh, he had some good acting skills. The running back had some good acting skills. They faked, they faked a little fumble um, on the exchange. Uh, and, yeah, I just, I just faked a little block and just sprung out. And we knew it was going to work. Just we were just we needed that right situation and pretty bold situation to uh, to do it. And we're we're glad it paid off. Baylor, is that something you've been practicing at all? That fake fumble? Uh, just this week, <laughs> a couple days of practice. Baylor, in the third quarter, you guys had 196 yards, 21 points on 11 plays. What what really was the difference for the offense? You were to to break out so effectively on on that many plays? I mean, our game plan coming into this game was to be aggressive, and we tried in the first half and it didn't really work. In the third quarter, you know, when we had them where we wanted them, that's when it paid off being aggressive. What's it like getting ready for this start, watching, I mean, you guys are out there warming up in the downpour, the yeah. wind's blowing, what that's going to do to the passing. I mean, what's that like getting ready for your first start? That. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you just got to take what it is. Uh, we can't control um, the weather, obviously, and just try to control what you can control going into this game. Matt, what was the process there at the end? Were players lobbying Kalani to go for it on fourth down there, or Pond, or what, what was kind of the process? Um, all right, uh, which fourth down? At the very end of the game? Um, I, we knew we were going to go for it. I mean, we couldn't. We really wanted to go for it as an offense. Um, our little, our little special teams package where they had that QB snake like we we really wanted that we really we didn't want to punt just to give let the opportunity <coughs> fall into their hands um, so we were just as confident we as we could be uh, we believed and uh, yeah I mean it was a pretty like I said we, we made some pretty bold moves this game and uh, they paid off so we're just really grateful that it uh, played in our favor What's that, what's that like watching 22 guys or, you know, being part of 22 guys slamming in? I don't remember who was in, but just 22 guys in a big jumble like that trying to get six inches. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I think even for your QB sneak, like, it's, it seems so easy and that you could do it, but we got some big dudes coming and trying to trying to take you down. So uh, we're just we're glad that, that paid off. And uh, just the belief that that little – that our team had and that play in, in particular, we're just – we practiced that a ton, and we knew it was going to work when, when we when we needed it. Matt, uh, two two wins over top twenty five opponents at home this season. Uh, what does that say about this team's potential when you guys put everything <coughs> together? When we put it when we put everything together, we, I think we can play with anyone, um, especially on our on our schedule. We can 
we can compete. We can, we can. I think we can win out. And we needed a, a game like this to kind of get that that stone rolling again and prepare uh, for Utah State. We have this we have this bye week and we get a get some extra preparation in and yeah I mean it's just we consider Boise one of our rivals and we haven't beaten them in a couple years so that just it felt it feels great same thing with Utah State they're one of our rivals we haven't beaten them in a, in a couple years so it's a uh, it's business for us and we're we're looking we're looking to play as best we can against them. Baylor, when did you know you would start this game? Um, I didn't get a call till Wednesday night from Coach Roderick just with the Jaren situation and everything. Um, but I was preparing the whole week like I was going to start. And there was a little bit easier knowing having a couple extra days to prepare for the start rather than <laughs> being thrown in literally last minute like last week? I was. It was good to get some reps with the ones in practice and you know get a little chemistry down before we played a game. How much of a confidence builder is this for you, Baylor? Because it's been five years since you started in a game. Yeah, I mean, this is what I've been preparing for, you know, since I graduated high school, was for my opportunity to come to the college level and, you know, show tonight. As far as the offensive uh, game plan was concerned, it seemed like maybe less RPOs this game and more, um, you know, dictated runs or passes in this particular game. Is that accurate, or what was the game plan? I'd say we still had our, a little our fair share, but uh, yeah, I mean we just, <coughs> we called the plays that we thought were going to work, and uh, whether it was RPO or just drop back, uh, we trusted Baylor, and the coaches just trusted us. I mean our our line played great. We had some guys that were injured. We didn't mention we didn't even mention that they they played great. Uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna Boise State has some good defenders, and they're gonna get some sacks, but um, overall they played a really solid game and. That just our game. We knew what our game plan was going to be, and we we had that belief, and we got it done. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right, there Thank you, you go. Tight end Matt Bushman and quarterback Baylor Romney. Baylor Romney becomes the fifth consecutive freshman quarterback at BYU to win the starting debut that he finishes. I have to say that because Jaron Hall got knocked out of last week's game without finishing his starting debut as a freshman, so we can't count Jaron in that group. But if you started it and finished it as a freshman making your debut, it's a five straight winners for BYU. Taysom Hill, Tanner Mangum, Joe Critchlow, Zach Wilson, and now Baylor Romney. Here now, head coach Kalani Sitake. Hey. It's going to be easy for you either. Your wife wanted me to remind you that you have two Sundays <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, um, you guys ready? So, uh, great game. Uh, glad we got this win and just really extremely proud of our players. Um, our assistant coaches worked their tails off for this win and so uh, glad we were able to put it together and have a great game plan. Had some new guys get, get uh, opportunities to play. Um, had a true freshman start at right tackle for us and was really pleased with the way he played the game against a physical defense and um, just really happy with the guys that stepped up and made plays. Uh, you know, we we always talked about our depth and and getting opportunities to play and, and, and making sure that they're ready. And I was really proud of it them today. So, uh, yeah, just uh, I'll take any questions that you have. I, I think uh, Boise State's a great team. Uh, Coach Harson does an amazing job in getting that team ready. You know, and um, I think that uh, just a lot of things worked out in our favor. And, and uh, I, I was proud of the way we played all three phases. And and I uh, feel really happy about the win. Well, you, uh, everyone was, you were going to reevaluate everything going into this week. What were mm -hmm. some of the changes that you made? Because the team did came up, come out fired up and played better. I didn't do anything. I mean, uh, too crazy. I think this is 
This is uh, the players worked extremely hard for this win, and I, I, if anything, I leaned on them even more heavily. And then our assistant coaches had a great game plan. I thought uh, everything that was executed well, you know, and, and I like the aggressive nature of our team. So uh, that 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 was the part that I liked, and I thought it all came together. I felt like we had to do some things differently to win this game, and and we were able to do it just enough. You know, I, I thought we kind of hung on at the end there rather than uh, really just get, get it to you know just own the win, but um, that that's hard to do when you're going against a great team. And so I, I you know, I'm just glad we got the win. But the players are the key, and, and our assistant coaches, they're the, they're the key in this whole thing. Looking back at the third quarter, on fourth down, and, uh, not punt and go for it there. At the I trust the players. Just, uh, you know, I think I think in your mind you think that maybe you should punt it, but. Um, I don't know. Just had a good feeling, and the players. I I, I like the, the the look that they gave me on the sideline, and thought if we could win the game, let's go do it. I mean, we're what a couple inches away, and so um, yeah. I'm just I, I trust Austin Confensus, who's a senior, and that O line, and the guys that are up front, and they really wanted this, and so I thought we practiced that scrum personnel quite a bit, you know, and and um, we we were collaborating about the calls and which what, what we should do there, and. Uh, even talked about punting, and just that one just felt right. So, looking back at the third quarter, you you guys had 196 total yards on 21 points on 11 plays. What what really was key to executing so well and so efficiently during that 15 minutes? Well, I think the um, coaches trusted Baylor making some plays and. And I thought uh, they executed really well, but it was you know it was, it was everyone. It, we saw some really good run runs from Lopini from the O line. They're blocking the entire time. They never get credit, but Lopini uh, found some holes and was able to get some runs in. And so did Sionifi now. And so uh, I just liked the way our, our our game went, and I liked the way we executed. And that's you know we had a lot of new faces in, on the field, and, and it was really nice that we were able to execute so well. Coach, speak to that right. Right tackle, third string, left guard, third string, uh, fourth or fifth string running back, and then third string running back. How do you beat the number 14 team with, with all these third and fourth stringers? Those guys believe in them, you know, and and uh, it's been a rough couple weeks before this game. And so, uh, you know, we had to take our licks a little bit, but we had to keep trusting them. And, and there, there were uh, there's some mistakes that were made, obviously, in, in the previous games, and, and you just can't get them back other than learn. And these guys are a resilient group, you know, and so whenever their backs are against the wall, they respond the right way. And and uh, we're going to have that approach every week. And so we, we're going to work really hard next week and find a way to get better and, and get a lot of those guys that you you mentioned um, opportunities. I mean, you, you, we, you know, Kavika Fonua got hurt as well. So we had to play with Tyler Algier, and who was a running back earlier this year, you know, and, and um, Jackson Kafusi. And, we had to use a lot of the guys in depth. We were with some young freshman corners that found a way to make plays. And um, I'm just really extremely proud of all the players. Those guys did a great job getting themselves ready. And, and a lot of them grew up big time this week. And, and what a great way to grow, uh, grow up and, and get a win over a ranked team. Klein, are you able to share who took charge of the play calling besides the ball? Uh, play calling is a collaborative effort from everybody. We, we, we work together on defense and offense. And so going into the game, we kind of have an idea of what we're going to get done. And so that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about it.
I thought it was. I thought there were some great play calls on 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 both sides and even special teams. You mentioned earlier this week that you were in a tight spot, you and your team. Uh, do you feel like you're out of that tight spot after this big one? Nope, I like the tight spot. We're just going to keep um, manufacturing tight spots. I, I like that. I think we respond better that way. So um, we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna go to church tomorrow, right? And then um, get to work on Monday. You know. And so I. Uh, I, I don't think, I, I mean, I, I'm comfortable saying it in public that these guys need to play with a chip on their shoulder the entire time. That's kind of what BYU is all about. And in this independent schedule, that's what we have to do. And, and the, the fact that we are independent and we're going to have to be ready. And, we're, and you know, we're going to play some tough teams and ranked teams and we're going to have to check, uh, check into our depth quite a bit. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're going to focus on. We've been doing it, but the emphasis has been even stronger now. What was the reasoning behind moving some of the coaches from the booth down the field like Jeff Grimes? I think his presence is really strong, especially with the old lineup uh, on the field. Hard to do it on a telephone and everything like that. And it was Coach Grimes' idea to be on the field, and, and I, I agreed with it. And, and you know, you saw the uh, the results of it. So uh, I think all the coaches did an amazing job. Our graduate assistants did a great job getting these guys ready, and everyone did a great job in all their roles. And all I did was the head coaches cheer and have the best seat in the house. Try not to get a penalty or anything like that for celebrating. It was pretty cool to see Diane Gawoluku roaming around and making plays in the backfield. Um, what did he do specifically? What position was he playing? He was playing safety tonight, and I think. Um, you know, we put him at corner because we, we were down Chris Wilcox and down Troy Warner. Um, then when we lost Zane, we moved Zane to safety, then we lost Zane. And then we felt like um, he made a lot of plays for us at corner. He was really quiet at corner because no one really went after him. But his, his effectiveness is really where he can kind of roam the field a little bit more, and that's a safety position. So. Uh, we'll keep him there. I think he's game for whatever, and he he wants to run the ball all the time too, and be a kick returner and punt returner. He's on punt coverage and kickoff coverage. So the guy, I don't think anyone plays more football plays than he does, and and he's a special player. And, and I think it's important for us to put him in a position to make a lot of plays, obviously, and and other players as well. Obviously, you'll get more in depth when you review the film, but your initial assessments of the run defense tonight. I mean, they got a lot of they got a lot of yards still, so I'm I'm upset about that. But I mean. I mean I, I think the more important part is that they're, they're, they're long yards. You know, they had a 16-yard, a 14-yard, 9 and 4 for their, their, the long yards for the four rushers that they had. And, and that's, that's pretty good for what they've done throughout the year, you know. And um, I, think, I think there are times that we were really aggressive. We made a lot of mistakes, don't get me wrong, on defense. We were, we were aggressive. We pressured quite a bit, but we made a lot of mistakes. And then we just kind of hung ourselves out there a little bit, you know, and, and trusted, put our, cor our corners on the islands and played a lot of man coverage. And... Um, those, like I said, those freshmen really grew up. Those young kids, and, and looking at Isaiah Heron and D'Lo, and all those guys really got better. You know, Shaman Willis did some great things tonight too. So, uh, Bo Tanner, those guys did some really good things at corner. We moved Bo from safety to corner, and just thankful that we have guys that can kind of play both both positions. And I think Austin Lee did a great job being the captain for us at safety. You know, I, I wish he would have came down with that pick, um, but we'll work on that on Monday. How would you assess Baylor's Romney's? First start, and how he played. I thought it was great. I mean, you guys saw the composure that he had in the pocket and making guys miss and having his eyes downfield. That's something that's special. And I give a lot of credit to, to Coach Grimes and Aaron Roderick getting him in a situation where he can be comfortable and and uh, and using his strengths, you know. But uh, you also have to give a lot of credit to him and being prepared. And this guy, as he comes to work every day with the same mentality, and uh, he was doing the same when he we knew he was going to start this week. 
that's the same way that he came to practice every day and came to the facility every day. He watched a lot of film, prepared well. That's the culture that we have right now of our guys really teaching each other and working together and, and getting better. And I thought Zach did an amazing job with him and working with him. And I thought A-Rod did a great job with him. Jaron did a great job, you know. And we were hoping that Jaron would be able to, to clear, but he didn't clear. And, and uh, we just knew that Baylor was going to be ready. And Joe Critchlow was going to be ready when if his number had to be called as well. What's that? When do you expect Jaron to be clear? I don't know. I was just, uh, you know, we're, it's kind of a day-to-day -day thing, so that's that's good news, you know. But we have a bye week, so uh, we'll see how it goes. But um, I think uh, competition is really good for us, and, and we'll see which which one's going to be the best at, at a lot of positions. We're going to get some linemen back, hopefully. You know, we were down um, Tristan Hodge and 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 um, Kiefer Longson, Keanu Saliapanga, and then also lost Thomas Show for the year. So that that was really tough for us, but. Um, I thought Blake Freeland and um, Clark Barrington did a great job stepping up, and Chandon Herring's done a good job filling in for Kiefer. Your team wins the turnover ratio. How important are those momentum shifts for you guys? I thought that was good, but we won the turnover uh, margin the last couple weeks too. You know, the last two, the two games before this, and and I think different. It was just different because it came at the right time, and uh, we were able to build some momentum, but. Um, I don't know, I just, I, there's a different feeling from this game and the, 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 the um, aggressiveness that our defense had. You know, we, we, we had two turnovers, but there were really a lot of opportunities. We had our hands on the ball quite a bit. And so if, if I'm being picky and I'm going to watch the film and be kind of a jerk about it, we should have had three more. You know, so um, we got to get those. And, and a couple were dropped, and that can't happen. And I think they cost us some points. But defensively, the guys did a great job. Uh, keeping a, an explosive offense under wraps and scoring 25 points. That, that was an amazing job by the coaches and great job by the players. What's the stated goal you have in your program? Does this win feel a little bit different knowing that this is only your second win against one of these rivals? Yeah, and, and you know, we, we play it week to week, but we're going to move on and get to the next rival. We play Utah State, so we're going to have a, a week off. But a uh, week off meaning that we're just week off on Saturday, but we're going to work hard this week and, and be ready for you for the Aggies when we go up to Logan. Now one you beat two ranked teams at home for the first time, and how much fun is it to have those to, memories to savor with the fans on the field, the students on the field that came out on you know kind of a rotten weather night tonight, and were there to enjoy this, and you were able to enjoy it with them. Just happy for the fans. I mean, we love our fans, and, and, and the players will tell you that they play so much harder for the fans, you know, and, and we get to see them on the road and at home. It's a, it's a beautiful sight, and uh, I like that they stormed the field. That was fun, too, you know, but I, I think, um, you know, for us, every team's going to be ranked. That's the mindset we have to have, that, that every team we're going against is going to be a great team and chip on our shoulder and our back is against the wall. We play better and respond better in that, in that, in that, in that situation, so that's what we're going to try to get done. Thanks, Coach. Okay, guys, thank you. All right, to break time. That is head coach Kalani Sitake. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show brought to you by Provo Land Title Company. Pro title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. More from the Cougar Locker Room area next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Cougar Locker Room Show continues, BYU 28, Boise State 25. We go down to the Cougar Locker Room area and the press conference podium. Diane Gomoliku and Isaiah Kafusi speaking to the press. The team, you know, obviously struggled. What was it like for you to be able to be back out there and actually be able to have an impact? Uh, it was fun. Like, 
watching sucks, man. Like, I had so much energy just balled up, ready to let it all out. And this was the game for sure. And we came out big on defense, knew we had to stop the run. Coaches had a good uh, game plan for us, and we executed. And that's all that matters, executing. Ryan, did the fans rushing the field surprise you again this time? Like it did against USC? Uh, a little bit. It was a little slower, but <laughs> it was a little slower. And I was like, are they all going to come? Or so, you know, they made their way down. But, you know, we had a good showing. So I like to shout out the fans for sure coming out of this cool game and having our record be like how it is. Like, we had a, a lot of support from them, and they stuck with us all the way through. Isaiah, how do you describe this team that one minute beats a number 14 team in the country in the next game. The previous game loses to a team that doesn't have that high of a profile. How do you sum that up? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Let me give me a, a, a quick sec to think about it. But right, really, off just off the top of my head, um, we've we've always kind of talked about you know putting a complete game together, and for some reason it just it just hasn't really happened. <clears throat> and I, I think um, tonight it, it did. It showed and. When we do put a complete game together, it you know we're a great football team. But um, I think I think we found the formula to kind of what it takes. You know, this week of practice, I think we, we really dialed it in. We found the formula to you know to, of, of success. Really, we we know how hard we have to practice. Uh, we know kind of you know how how much time and effort it's going to take to really game plan um, and, and to really just execute. You know what the coaches do, but. Uh, I think moving forward, I think you're going to see, <clears throat> you know, a, a better team. We've, I think we've kind of figured it out. So, what changed in practice <coughs> on the defensive side of the ball? What did you guys begin to implement? Yeah, I, I think Kalani just really, you know, challenged us. <clears throat> you know, get, gave us some challenges, uh, gave us some goals that were attainable, um, and, and just really getting after it. You know, he, he really, um, uh, you know, again, like he just challenged us to, to be better. You know, getting guys to the ball, stopping the run. You know, we're a lot more physical this this week, I think, than probably we have been the whole season, <clears throat> uh, and, and it paid off. You know, we had you know four or five guys to the ball every week, uh, every, every play, and uh, I just think that really was you know he just challenged us and really took the reins. Walk us through that defensive play call and that interception that you <clears throat> folding back inside. I don't know if it was a dig or a bender. Yeah, so we were uh, playing cover two. Um, my my. Uh, you know, it was a tight, tight one, so I kind of knew that, that something was going on, and the running back was on my side. And uh, quarterback snapped it, and the, the running back immediately went out to the flat. Um, so I kind of pushed with him, you know, to, to help out the corner. And I immediately saw the quarterback's eyes looking back at me, so I knew that I had to get get back into the, you know, the seam column and <clears throat> protect the inside. And, and you know, made it made a, a pretty good play on the ball, and uh, kind of baited the quarterback a little bit, I think, jumping out. But uh, you know, it was, it was fun. Fun to get that pick. Diane, what was the feeling on the defense when you were watching the coaches decide whether to go for it? Fourth down at the very end there. Were you guys lobbying either way or anything? No, we were going for all the way. Coach Stocky was right there on the sideline with us, uh, letting us decide pretty much. And he had faith in us. And Austin Confences on the scrum play, he had a good push. We are just like, Kyra, just push him, hit him in the back, whatever, to get him past the line. And so Coach had trust in us that we can get in. We had to show him that we could get in. We got it. What's it like being on in that plate? You guys, you've done it before, but 22 guys, basically in a little tiny, you know, just trying to push six inches, you know, one way or the other. What, what's that like? Man, it's physical. It gets your heart going. Like, you can see all their D linemen down, head down. Like, you know, they're gonna cut. Everyone's gonna go low. This is a dogfight and all physicality, and that's what we came out doing. We knew it was gonna be a physical 
game, and that scrum play just shows like they wanted it too, but we wanted it more. What's that feeling like when you actually get it? Because you've been there when you hadn't, so yeah. actually getting it in that crucial moment. It's a great feeling, like, you know, another chance to win the game. And coach, like I said, coach trusts us to finish the play and make the play. And before we didn't get on that last fourth down against SC, but this time we got it, and it's the best feeling ever. The whole team exploded, you feel me? Because so it's, it's a scrum play. We practice every practice, but it's like, you know, when it's going to get called. And you mentioned how important it was for you guys to stop the run. Was it a big deal on the other side watching guys like Sione and Lopini establish that run, give you guys a little bit of a break, and kind of set a, a tone and a tempo for you, I guess? Oh, yeah, it always opens up the pass game, too. Like, they did a great job running the ball, and the offensive linemen, like, I know we have some injuries, but, like, the young guys did a good job, a great job. And, like, it showed out there, like, they played their hardest, they knew what they were doing, they obviously watched film, a lot of film, and knew who, like, where the guys were that didn't block, and so it's, it's good seeing them establish that run and get the pass going, too. Dion, you were moved to safety this week. What was that? What was different for you in today's game, playing that position? Uh, the only difference I feel like I just had to talk more because that corner, you know, you're on the island, so you're just like, ah, oh, it's just me and you, dude. But at safety, you just like communicating <coughs> and talking. It's fun. I like it a lot, and it just gets you in the action. You're never just on one side, just watching. So I feel like I liked it a lot, just being able to talk with the, uh, my teammate, D-line, outside backers, uh, the other safety, Austin Lee. So just like, just, I like, I love it so much, like, especially with the new blitzes. So, you know, I can't complain about that. <laughs> is that the most you've ever blitzed in your career at BYU? Oh, yeah. Since high school, I just played nickel and blitz a lot. But since then, <laughs> that's why I had to get a little used to it. <laughs> it's coming back. What's the next position you're going to play? Because you've played many this season. It's up in the air. Not linebacker. <laughs> Not linebacker. <laughs> we, we, got, we got it on box. I think I'm just stay with my two. Isaiah Chaz said in Monday that uh, some of you guys felt like you were playing for a coach's job that for an extension. That How much does that really play into the passion tonight that you guys showed? Yeah. Um, I... Uh, I don't. I don't think people really realize and uh, understand how much we love Kalani. Um, he he's a great mentor, phenomenal coach. Uh, I, I think people are, are too quick to, you know, kind of a, to criticize and attack him. Um, but the, the whole team, we're, we're behind Kalani. We love him. Uh, we, we play for him. You know, regardless of whether his job's on the line or not. You're gonna get, you know, 123 guys who are playing for Kalani. Uh, I, I love him. He's a great coach, phenomenal coach, and um, you know, regardless of, of what's you know happening, what, what's up, in, in, you know, what's next. Uh, I, I think we just all love Kalani. You know, that's just kind of the, the bottom line is we love him and, and uh, we'll fight for him any day. You guys are the leaders of this team, so the younger players listen to you. How can you guys maintain that consistent message and that intensity throughout the rest of the season and maintain that sense of urgency? Uh, we know who we are. We play, like, tonight we play at that level that we didn't play at. And I feel like we have a lot to improve, too. We need to watch film and get back to it and be able to improve from this game. We can't just stop right there because that's what's going to hurt us. We can't get comfortable. We have to come out and play every game, like, they're a ranked team. That's that's the mindset we got to have, and we're gonna show everyone out there and like everyone on the team. They got to know that too. Like this win don't mean nothing. It's like on to the next one. It's a good win, but you got to move on. Get your 24 hours in with it. We got our bye week coming up, but it's the next team. Okay, thanks, guys.
All right, to Isaiah Kofusi and Diane Gomoloku. The Cougar Locker Room Show will continue after this brief break. BYU 28 and 14th-ranked Boise State 25. You heard it here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. One of the nice things about tonight's win, BYU over Boise State, is that the Cougars were positive in the turnover margin and that they got there by being plus two and that the plus two were two interceptions and that the two interceptions were by brothers on the team. Isaiah Kofusi early and Jackson Kofusi later. Now, BYU missed a field goal after uh, Isaiah's early INT, but then BYU scored an all-important touchdown after Jackson's INT. Two plays, 41 yards on the drive, and BYU scored its final touchdown, so its game-winning touchdown came after Jackson's interception. And Jackson Kafusi is joining us now from the Cougar Locker Room area. Hello, Jackson. Hey, how's it going, guys? Very, very well. Uh, let's start off with a little bit of family history here. Uh, you and Isaiah, our brothers, separated by how much? Give us the older brother or younger brother thing. What's the situation there? Uh, yeah, we're, t- we're two years apart. Isaiah's a little older, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, he went to high school somewhere other than you. Isn't that right? Uh, no, we went to the so same you both, school. We both went to Cottonwood? Uh, we went both to, went to Brighton, rather. Yeah, I mean. yeah, Brighton High School. Okay, so both uh, both at Brighton, and uh, so did you grow up in this? Like, did you grow up in the same place the whole your whole life, kind of thing? Yep, yep. Okay, and so both at Brighton, and both end up at BYU. When did you know that you wanted to go to BYU? Um, honestly, we grew up Utah fans, and so I, I thought that was the goal was to go to Utah. But when Isaiah committed here, then like my dream was to just to play college ball with my older brother. So, so he helped change your mind. Yeah, <laughs> and and so so uh, if he had say gone to Utah you would have followed him there you would have hoped to yeah I, th- I think I think that would have been the plan okay but now that you're here you're just true blue right oh yeah oh yeah I love BYU so okay so how is how, how uh, uh interesting is it to be a a brother tandem with picks on the same night oh man it was amazing I mean I I, I don't even know what to say I think someone told me that it we're the only brothers in BYU history to have picks in the same game so it would make sense to cool. me yeah it's tough to think of anything off the top uh Riley uh Jackson's play was pretty big in terms of uh, what BYU did on the other end of it, scoring that touchdown right away. Yeah, no question. And Jackson, I I feel like uh, I, I feel like you did a good job manipulating. You know, to their quarterback, who was a good player, he he. The, even though this was his first start, he'd had some reps, so he wasn't completely green. But I feel like you did a, a pretty good job baiting him into basically him throwing you the ball. Can you walk us through maybe what the coverage was, what some of your keys were that helped you end up, you know, with the ball in your hands? Yeah, of course. So um, we. You know, we're dropping, you know, all three linebackers, four linebackers. I think we were in a 3-4. And um, I had the, the number two bender on the, the boundary side. And so, um, you know, he came across my face. And I'm, Kalani was telling us all week we need to, to read the eyes of the quarterback. And, and so he came across my face, and I just sat there and was reading his eyes, and he threw it right to me. So I thought it was a nice little gift. I, I was actually really shocked. But Did you feel – Jackson during the week that you guys had the makings of a of a special game in store did you feel like enough different things had happened to kind of help turn a corner do you think or what were you sensing during the week no yeah there was definitely a a change um Kalani you know brought in the defense and and told us that we were going to come in and win this game we were going to be physical we were going to send blitzes and we were going to get picks and um you know all week we practiced them and we executed and that's just you know how the game went so why, why did things, do you think, change 
this week from what you'd experienced the previous two games? Um, I'm not too sure, but it's it's easy, I guess, to say that you know when your back's against the wall, mm. you know the only thing you can do is is come out swinging. So, Jackson, uh, the it's it's famously known that you know the Patriots. One of the things they try and do defensively is limit the production of the other team's best players. John Hightower, number 16, their wideout, came in averaging almost 20 yards a catch and five TDs on the season. Tonight he only had two catches for 12 yards. And George Holani, who was their good running back, and granted he had 20 carries for 97, but his long, you guys kept him pretty well bottled up well that's a decent decent average at 4.8 his longest run was only 15 yards so it's not like he really hurt you with any big or momentum swinging plays were those do, do you guys identify their top players and try and find ways to to limit them because it looks like wh- whether you tried to or not you did a great job of that tonight um yeah we we know um you know who their ballers are and we we know what players can have an impact and um at the end of the day it just comes down to doing your 111th on the field and and making plays when they when they come to you. What was the biggest motivator for you guys do you think this week and what will it be moving forward? Um honestly I think just you know having Kalani's back um I know that there were some things in the media about about their jobs or whatnot and I think just just having his back and trusting them and um coming out swinging was was you know what we talked about all week so Okay, you're heading into a second bye week. Comes pretty quickly, doesn't it? Since the last one, it seems like it was just uh, like very recently. And now you're into another one. Do you expect to handle things any differently as a team going into and coming out of the bye week since you just did one? Um, you know, I I think to expect the same thing this, that happened this past week. Um, just have a chip on our shoulder, um, play like we have our backs against the wall, and and just come out swinging. How much do you think about the goal of getting to the postseason and knowing how many wins you need and how much this, how much closer this gets you to doing that? Do you think about that? Um, I mean, yeah, uh, we think about it, but um, just just winning the the next game is our goal. So, so it's about uh, game to game improvement, and if you do that, then what you want at the end of the season will occur. Is what it sounds like to me. Yes, sir. Well, it was fun to watch you get interception number one uh, for your BYU career. And uh, brother Isaiah <coughs> ends up with uh, interception number four, four, I believe. Yep. Four for his BYU career, uh, two on the year. And he's gotten takeaways in uh, in back-to-back weeks. He had the fumble recovery against South Florida last week and then the pick this week. And we, noted, we mentioned it off the start, Isaiah Jackson. We'll leave you with this. It's so nice to see the offense turn around and turn a big play into a score at the other end and really capitalize. That's when things really come together, right? Yes, sir. Jackson, good to talk to you tonight. Thanks hey, for the thank time, and have a great bye week. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you out here on the field in a couple weeks. Thank you. Thank you. That's Jackson Kofusi with his first career INT tonight, helping BYU to a 28-25 win over number 14, Boise State. Kalani Sitake is joined us here in the broadcast booth. He's coming up on the headset next right here with Riley and me on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. For a second time in four BYU home games this year, the Cougars knock off a top 25 team. Back in September, it was number 24 Utah uh, USC. Tonight, it is number 14 Boise State, BYU goes to 3-4 and four on the year, and BYU head coach Kalani Sitake is now joining us here in the broadcast booth. Riley Nelson, Greg Rubel, Mitchell Juergens soon to rejoin us. Every win feels good. 
Some wins uh, feel more needed than others, perhaps. Kalani and you guys needed to get a positive result just after what's been going on. This felt, I'm sure, tremendous for you guys. Yeah, I, th I thought it was more important for us to, um, you know, rather than focus on the result of the game, uh, focus on just trying to play better and play more sound and execute better on, on all three phases, you know. And uh, we made a lot of mistakes uh, the two games before this one and uh, put ourselves in a hole. And so um, you know, trying to focus on, on things to get done and, 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 and focus on our high level of execution was a, was key for us in this last week. And, you know, I, I was just – I think you heard me in the press conference just really proud of the guys that they got their opportunities to play that – we we tested our depth and and our depth is a lot better than we, what we've had in the years past and so I'm thankful that our guys are able to step in and make big plays but also play really sound assignment sound football on both defense and offense and special teams we had a lot of young guys covering covering down on punt and kickoffs and that that was a an explosive kick returner you know and and um, we were able to shore him up and and do some really good things on special teams and and uh, all three phases I, I was really happy. Not every team can reasonably expect to win with the number three quarterback. You were down to your number three tonight. Now, yes, they were without their number one, and the number two is pretty good, and that's a really prolific and productive offense coming in. So to beat this kind of team to where you were personnel-wise, it does speak to your depth, right? Yeah, and and that's a and also to the, our coaches. You know, our, our assistant coaches did an amazing job and 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 getting these guys ready. But um, you know, we've had to develop some of these guys and 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 a lot faster than than you would normally do with with. Uh, with uh, you know, I'm thinking DBs with Chris Wilcox and and Troy Warner uh, out, you know, and, and Zane Anderson out. Those other guys have stepped in, did some really good things. And then you look at the running back position. You're also looking at the O line. You know, had a lot of young guys on O line play with our four O linemen being out, and so uh, and, and even the quarterback position. I think I I mentioned this uh, uh, maybe last year or the year before. That's just saying that we're never going to go without a quarterback. I don't care how many scholarships it takes. We got to make sure that we have a whole slew of them. Quick thing before uh, Riley jumps in, uh, Matt Bushman in his postgame comments preceding yours said, we, we, made, we made a bunch of bold moves this week, and, and, and we made them work for us. What kind of things did you think were bold about the way you approached tonight's game? I think just knowing that, um, that we had uh, a third-string quarterback in the game um, and treating him like he's Zach Wilson was important, you know, and, and trusting him like he was our first stringer. And um, really not showing that much of a gap from first to second to third string, you know, and that that was important. But I think it's it's easy to talk about, hey, this guy, he's ready for his moment. But I think you have to just put it on him a little bit and trust him. And, and you know, we put those corners on an island quite a bit too. There's a lot of guys that really had to step up, and that's a huge compliment to them getting themselves ready and, and, and their coaches. Coach, uh some coaches believe that every game is kind of played in a vacuum. It doesn't matter where or when it's played. Others believe that when you are playing in your home in the Val Edwards Stadium in front of your own fans, that your team responds differently, and and that affects the play differently. Coming off back-to-back -back, uh, games and tough losses in the Eastern Time Zone and all and everything associated with those, and coming back here and really surprising a lot of people with a win against a solid and 14th-ranked Boise team. Do you believe? that your players take special pride in, in defending their home turf and, and producing wins in Lavelle Edwards Stadium? I think this team trusts each other, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're trying to get our culture on this team built around the players and and, and, and trusting them and collaborating with them and, and, and also uh, um, allowing them to lead. I think, uh, uh, you know, myself as a coach, it's important that I let these guys lead. It's just another thing to talk about leadership, but then you let – 
uh, um, Aaron Roderick and, and his coaching staff. You let Aaron Roderick and Grimes, and then you also let the quarterbacks like Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall have a have a input in helping Baylor. But then uh, also, like I said before, allowing Baylor just to go out and have fun and play the game. I, I think um, you know I, I I don't know exactly what what it was, but these guys I know that it's got to be with the players first. I know that, and that's uh, that that that's my job is to make sure to lean on them, especially and give them opportunities to lead. You said players first, lean on them, and that's what you did, it sounded like, uh, late in the game. Uh, there's a long delay. You've got a lot of time to think about fourth and inches after the review and the respot and everything else. You make a first down, the game's over. You punt the ball away, you get to defend to win the game. You took a look at the two options, and it sounded like the players had a lot of influence in, 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 in what you ultimately decided to do because you say – you trust the players. Yeah, and, and you know, I think was uh, there's there's a few players that wanted to to win it on defense and said, "Hey, let's punt it down, pin them deep and and let the defense win win the game." And and um I thought that was good too, but I thought it was important. We had a great discussion on the sideline. It was so cool just letting those guys Who's talk all involved? it out. Everyone, the, the whole team, I mean, the linemen, offense, defense, and everybody was there. We, I mean, we call this we have this thing called all up where everyone's up and everyone's discussing and the guys that are going to be on the field, you know, and mm. We had our punt team ready. We had our scrum ready. We had our our defense ready just in case. We you saw know? everybody in groups out there. Yeah. We say, yeah. yeah, and the defense. I mean, the defense kind of felt bad even grouping together because it showed like they weren't they weren't gonna that they didn't trust them. But the truth is, they had to be ready. And I wanted them to respond in case we didn't get it get the first down. I wanted them to respond, and and I expected them to win the game. You know, obviously, uh, we talked about being aggressive and. Um, if you can win the game with gaining a couple inches, and that's what it comes down to, if we can't do that, then we don't deserve to win the game. And that's what it came down to. I, I like the players, the look in their eyes, and uh, I, I love Austin Kofensis because he's a playmaker. He's used to making plays. I mean, a lot like Riley, those guys when they're gunslingers in high school, you know, and it's just it's just that mentality of, hey, let me win the game. And, you know, what was crazy is that all the seniors are just like, let's, let's trust these guys, let's trust the old line, and, um, and, and away we go, you know. So I, I thought it was I, – I mean, I saw him up in the air, and I'm like, okay, all I cared about is if he's passed the line. But it looked like it worked, and he might have got an extra yard. But I, I was really pleased with the way the guys executed the play. And I'm always really comfortable knowing that Kyrus is the guy pulling up the backside. Yeah. <laughs> In case you need a little extra push. Well, he, he I mean, if you ask Kyrus, he wanted to take the snap right? himself. You know, but, <laughs> Get right uh, up under center. We, we had a lot of guys that wanted to make that play, and Diane wanted the ball, and all these guys wanted the ball, and, and I, I let them talk it out, and, and uh, it was cool. You know, I said, all I know is we're going to do it, and so you guys choose the play, and, and – um, and, and away we go, and, and the rest is history. Coach, on the in, in the third quarter, on the fourth down touchdown to Bushman, and then on, on the quick change after the interception, um, the other touchdown to Bushman, you some categorize those as trick plays, but I feel like that sells them short a little bit. I think they were just well, – I mean, to me, they were very well executed. Trick play implies that it was somewhat of a fluke, but to me that looks like it was well-practiced well, and, and well-executed. What's your offense's approach to inventive or creative play designs like that that were extremely productive tonight? I told them to be as creative as possible. Coach Grimes and that offensive staff did an amazing job um, um, executing that play. But you have to think about it. That play was executed because they thought it was going to be a quarterback sneak, and they they bunched it all up. And, um, you know, we had the play where it looked like it was going to be a run, but then also looked like a mishandled snap. And uh, I thought Baylor did an amazing job executing it. And, um, you know, we just – I just I, – I, I like it. I, I think that uh, – 
you know the setup was right i thought i felt like it was a good it was a good time to do it and um you know, I, I like the fact that our coaches called it and we were able to execute the play. But, you know, there, there's a lot of things that, that I thought um, we did great as a, as a assistant coaching staff. Those guys are amazing, and uh, it, was, it was so cool. I was able to lean on them heavily and allow them to just do their thing, and it was a lot of fun. Reverse flea flicker was a nice play. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it just seems like the uh, – the guys just had it dialed in. They just they knew what was coming. They 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 knew how to execute. They I thought everything was perfectly set up and and executed really really well. And like I said, the players were asking for it. Their players were. We we do a great job as a coaching staff with these assistants communicating with the, with uh, their player with the players during the breaks. And I, I was really impressed with with uh, how all our coaches and our players execute the game plan. Having Diane back, not only playing, but now playing safety, how much did that impact the win tonight? Yeah, you know, I said in the press conference, I just felt we felt like as a coaching staff that, that he was we were kind of limiting him a little bit. Even though he was doing a great job at corner, um, locking down his side, we felt like he's such a playmaker at safety and could do a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, I think blitzing is one of his one of his strengths, and you can see some of the things that he does at, at coming off the, the edge. And, and even, I mean, he, he the guy just finds ways to make plays. And, um, you know, he can do so many different things. He plays a lot. He, he's on the field a lot. And, and if you ask him, he could have played more. You said Kubica gets banged up tonight, right? Mm-hmm. So Tyler Algier ends up with nine solo tackles tonight to lead your team. And that's on limited reps. I mean, he, he, he actually, Kubica played most of the first half. I think he played the entire first half. And the second half, um, they told me that Kubica wasn't able to go. And so, you know, we had to lean on Jackson, McJ- uh, Jackson, Jackson Kofusi and, um, and Tyler Algier, and how awesome they were. Those guys played their butts off, and I was so so proud of them, you know, and, and uh, the results that they got. And they, they, they prepared really well for this game, and Ed Lamb did an amazing job preparing the linebackers, and it was just a lot of fun, and I'm so proud of Tyler. We'll take a break. We'll continue our conversation and conclude with Kalani Sitake as we come back to the broadcast booth here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Final score, 28-25. BYU defeats ranked Boise State by three. The official crowd... 58-9-30. There may be a fewer, uh, the, the, the actual number in the stands might have been a little less, but I'm telling you, you have to believe me when I say it was a it was a general population tonight. There were fans in every part of the stadium with the wind and the rain and everything else. They really showed out. Proud of Cougar Nation. The fans who came and stayed and supported, uh, much appreciated. Good job. We'll come back with more from Kalani after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 28 and Boise State 25. The Broncos come in ranked 14th, and BYU wins it. And for that uh, victory, it's BYU now with two wins over ranked teams at home for the first time in Cougar football history. It's the fifth time all time that BYU's had multiple wins over ranked teams in a year. First time since 2009 when they did it three times, but first time ever with home wins, two of them over uh, ranked teams. The second one tonight, Boise State. BYU goes to a 3-4 and four on the year. The Broncos fall to 6-1 and one on the season. Uh, Coach Sitake, a word maybe about uh, Boise State, the kind of team you had to prep for and what they showed you tonight. 
Um, watching all the all the film, they're amazing as far as the the efficiency that they have on offense. And um, you know, we knew that the quarter quarterback was banged up, but um, if you remember, he and Chase Cord were kind of in a quarterback battle to begin with, you know. And so um, they they seem to always have things clicking, no matter who's in 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 the system, whether it's running back or quarterback or tight end or o-line and um we knew watching on film they're really physical they can run the ball they can throw and i thought it was important for us to kind of keep things um at bay and then try to be a little aggressive try to make them a little bit more um one-sided i don't know if we did a good enough job at doing that but i i thought the players played really hard and they're they're a great team i i i think uh it was it was a good game plan for our guys and our players played uh extremely well one player you mentioned in your post-game presser, but we haven't talked about here um, tonight, is Sione Finau. I was extremely impressed with his feel in the zone run scheme, his ability to press but then stick his foot in the ground and accelerate up the field, including on that 46-yard touchdown run that really kind of got momentum going in the in the third quarter. Extremely athletic. I know he's a little bit on the small side, but if you look at some of the things that he's done in his past, you know, before his mission, the guy's a state champion high hurdler mm. and a state champion long jumper. So um, the guy, the guy, twitch. yeah. So a lot of fast twitch, and he can really put his foot in the ground and get going. And uh, you know, I think he was just really excited for this moment. And I'm so glad he played well because that that's that's what I mean. The guy's only a freshman, so we can get a lot of use from him and making a lot of big plays. And I, I thought the O line did an amazing job opening some holes for him. So uh, Sione Finau is a great player, great kid, great awesome family. Uh, you know, and, and so uh, uh, I'm just really, really, really happy for him. You started two freshmen on the O-line, Barrington and, and Freeland tonight. Yeah, and I thought Blake Freeland was amazing. You know, true freshman. Um, you know, his, his parents are athletes, were former athletes of BYU. And so um, I, I think, uh, you know, I don't I don't think we planned on starting a true fre- him at true uh, as a tackle. When you tasked us earlier in the year in camp, we thought maybe he would be a guy. But, you know, I give a lot of credit to Coach Mateos and Coach Grimes in preparing that old line. He and Clark Barrington did really, really well. And not a lot of freshmen can step in and play any position but O-line at tackle um, against a great, you know, defense. And, and, and really, I mean, I think he's a sack leader. Weaver, you mentioned in the show earlier yep. in the week. and. He got, so, his, got his 30th tonight. He had a half sack tonight, giving him 30 for his career. Yeah, and so, you know, I think uh, I, th- I think he held his own and did some really good things, and uh, that's a huge compliment to his family, but also to, to the preparation that he had getting into this game. And uh, what a stud, man. He's going to be a great one. So presuming you're going to get uh, Jaron Hall back after a bye, because you have a bye week now, um, what does your quarterback situation look like moving forward? And we can't forget that uh, Zach Wilson is rehabbing this whole time as well. Yeah, I think I think we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, we're we're gonna go back to work and and make things uh, you know compete. Every position is gonna compete. I, I think that's why we moved Bo Tanner from from safety to corner and moved uh, Diane from corner to safety because we have competition and whatever can get us the best eleven on the field and that that doesn't change for any side of the ball. So on offense, uh, guys that are coming back and are gonna be healthy are gonna have to compete. Uh, Clark Barrington's a starting left guard right now, and someone has to beat him out. Chandon Herring starting right guard, and Blake Freeland starting right tackle. So uh, those guys are coming back from from uh, injury. Uh, need to beat those guys out, and and uh, right now Jaron and Baylor need to compete. And, and I think we'll get the best the best of both worlds if we keep those guys the competition going. Riley brings up Sione Finau. He and Lopini got most of the reps. I think Soup gets maybe one rep late in the game tonight. He wasn't obviously ready to go uh, full full go for you. Soup was banged up, and uh, we kind of knew that going into this week that it was going to be a stretch to see if he, we can get him to play. 
Um, I thought, uh, you know, we're, we're also trying to keep Jackson McChesney to, to, to red shirt, so we're going to be selectful, uh, selective with his with his four games. I think he's a special player too. So uh, we really feel good about the running back uh, crew, and, and A.J. Stewart's done an amazing job uh, preparing that whole group to run and, and, and to pass pro and to, and to catch the ball. And Sion and Lopini happen to be the guys tonight, and, and I was really pleased with their performance. Last couple things. Um, you've been struggling recently to turn takeaways into scores. Your game-winning touchdown comes after Jackson's INT. That's big. Uh, you've been you've been struggling to score on long fields. Uh, your first, you had two touchdown drives of 78 and 79 yards tonight. So things that had been an issue uh, helped you win tonight's game. Yeah, and you know I I, I turn into coach mode all the time because there's things that I want to improve on still because uh, I think defensively, you know, we had them pinned back and we made a stupid mistake and. Um, just you know, just just undisciplined, and, and and had them at third and twenty, you know, and, and gave them a cheap one, and that turned into points for them. So, uh, I think Lorenzo Fautel was a was a guy there, but I, you know, I be, I believe he helped us win the game, even coming rallying back from that. I I told him when he came off the field that I I believe in him, and I need him to pick pick his head up and be ready to play the next next uh next series, you know, and and he did that, and and I think for most part we had to keep, stay disciplined as a team and and rely on these guys to, to perform well, but also keep our, our composure and keep our minds on the game. Coach, go, going back to the personnel a little bit, um, just in general with this four-game rule for red shirts being new, is the is is your philosophy, and I understand each situation is going to be individualized to the player, but does it make more sense to, if, if you're going to use a kid's four games, to have those four games be consecutive so that there can be kind of some rhythm from week to week? Do you use them in games where you think he's going to provide the mo- most value? What's the, in general, approach, as we saw a guy like Troy Warner, who actually warmed up tonight, obviously didn't play, but fans are anxious to, you know, see him maybe get a chance to compete for his job back and get on the field on Saturday. Yeah, I think I think in Troy so it's kind of like open for um it it it's a case by case issue, right? Yeah. So uh I mentioned Jackson Jackson McChesney. He's he's gonna be a depth guy right now depending on soup. Uh but we know we want to use him in four games, but we have to be really, really careful with which games those are and um, you know, we're, we're kind of in a decision what to do with some of our corners, whether we play them or not, because we're at that four-game limit with them. But uh, guys like Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner, it will depend on their health, you know. So uh, we would love to have it consecutive back-to-back-to-back. But I think for the most part, those guys is probably going to be more than likely to show Chris Wilcox specifically and uh, later in the in the year um, and, and possibly the last the last part of the game of yeah. the season. But uh, Troy is really close. We're you know we're so close this week, um, and I think uh, maybe uh, possibly the next game he'll be ready to roll. What do you hope tonight's win means for your team moving forward? We learned a lot about ourselves, you know, and 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 uh, sometimes it gets a little lonely when when uh, things aren't going well for for the whole team, and and but uh, we've had to rely on each other. But uh, you know, I, I rem- re- reminded the players that we have a lot of fans, millions of them that believe in these these young men, you know, and and. We had some great experiences this week where we can kind of take a kind of take a different perspective and see what um, we think we're struggling, but uh, be able to go out and do some charity work and service work. And I thought it was really important for our players. It just keeps them grounded and keeps them keeps the perspective right. And uh, you know, I, I believe in these young men, but I just think that the, their value is just so much more than just football. You know, and and, and uh, having them realize that is really important. And the fact that they get to play football for other people uh, it means a lot to them. And and uh, I just have to keep reminding them of that because they're they're such great kids, and sometimes you get lost in the hustle of college football, you know, and trying to 
be be as great as you can and trying to get a lot of attention. These guys sometimes lose sight of that, and that's my job to keep them focused on what's right. Relative to the on-field progress, you're one game closer to postseason eligibility. That will remain a goal for your team as you move from October into November. Now you move into a second bye week, your second uh, and, and last bye week of the season before you, you pick things back up with Utah State. Uh, what do you want your guys to keep in mind? What do you think your schedule is going to look like here as you get guys ready for the stretch run? You know, the last couple of years, I, I believe Utah State's had the, the benefit of the bye going against us uh, from uh, 17 and 18. And, and I think that it's it's awesome how it works out. We get the bye now and we get and to play And they're going to be coming off Air Force. Yeah, and so they're playing Air Force and we're going up to Logan and it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think our focus is to get to work, you know, but we, we have to find a way to be prepared to play against uh, Utah State. And embrace uh, it, right? Because yeah, they've, be, they've beaten you back-to-back games. Exactly. And, 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 and you know, the same, same approach that we had at Boise State. And Boise's been, uh, beat us three times in a row. And, and uh, you know, we watch the film and keep them focused on trying to uh, – play with our backs against the wall but I, I mentioned it before in the press conference that we we play better when we have a, a chip on our shoulder so whatever it takes uh, we're going to manufacture that and then and but it, it takes hard work you know and and just basically grinding it out and so uh, we're going to do that next week and obviously we're not going to have a scrimmage on Saturday so we won't play that but we, I think it's important for us to get to practice and to get to work and and have it focused on Utah State. Well, we know it's about the team and the program and the school, but I'm happy for you too. So congratulations to Hey, me. thank you. And and I'm I'm really happy for the fans. I mean, I and you say you're happy for me. I know that that it goes to the fans as well. You're you're the same way and uh the, it was so awesome to see the fans on the field and celebrating and um taking pictures and just the smiles on their faces. It it just it means so much to us, you know, and and I just uh, love seeing all the kids and the families enjoy this win so really happy for our fans and i hope they know that we love them so much and we appreciate them as a football program and as a head coach i love them and and um uh, yeah th- th- this is this has been a huge highlight for me being around those souls fans what time is church for you in the morning i have some church meetings in the morning but um you know i'm going to be just fine <laughs> okay. okay well enjoy your short yeah tomorrow. everybody go to church okay. you know but it, it's going to be a lot of fun i i'm, I'm looking forward to it well congrats again Thanks, guys. Go Cougs. Okay. That's Kalani Sitake. We will come back with uh, Cougar Nation now as we roll on from Provo here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation now. BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Indeed, the gang's all here, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is a 131 Mountain Time on this Sunday morning, Saturday night. BYU defeated Boise State by a score of 28-25. So we don't Mitchell Jurgens have to talk so much anymore about the last time BYU <laughs> defeated Boise State. There's a new last time now. We always look back at 2015, your big game. That was the last win over the Broncos. Now we have a new game to talk about, and they can reset the clock. We still love you, and we love talking about that play, but finally something new to, to use as a landmark in this rivalry. Hey, I love it. You know, it's If we were still talking about the 2015 win, the, I mean – there's there's issues around that right <laughs> uh, but this I mean what a fun win like uh, you know you you heard it with the players you heard it with uh, 
Um, I mean, just how how proud of they are, how, how much they love Kalani. I think that was the biggest thing that stuck out to me when, um, you know, a question was asked to Isaiah Kafusi about, you know, what they were playing for, and you know, there have been conversations re- regarding Kalani's job, and um, but uh, to see those guys, I mean, they love him. They're in the locker room. They're around him, you know, 24/7, and and Kalani. I mean, it just goes to show much how how much love and respect they have for that guy, and it showed on the field tonight. They came out firing. Um, you know, one, one of the words that was used to describe their performance tonight and, and how they approached their preparation and the game was aggression. We saw it on both sides of the ball with play calling, with with the intensity, and, and you know, I, I have the, the pleasure of being on the sideline all game, and, and the sideline, it was a... It was a different field today than it has been all season, and and that was, I mean, just as you envision BYU football, this is where you want it to be, and and just what a what a a unique and and awesome awesome game to rebound and and uh, you know continue with the rest of the season on on something that was that great. Yeah, it starts uh, it starts the second half of the season. Tonight's game does. And again, it's a springboard into a couple of hard weeks of work and another rivalry game. And there's like a renewed sense that, yeah, Utah State's going to get the same kind of effort. I don't think there's any doubt that BYU can. You know, Kalani used the word manufacture. BYU can manufacture, I think, a similar approach in two weeks as they go to Logan. Riley? No question they can. And I... What's interesting about this win tonight is, uh, I, and I'll admit to this, I'm not even immune to where my my, uh, my approach to this was, man, can we find four wins to get back to six and six to where now I'm like, okay, eight and four is a possibility in the regular season, right? And then a ch- you you win a bowl game and you're nine and four and like, hey, yeah. so <laughs> how much it can swing from week to week? And Wouldn't some, that be something? Yeah, may, maybe there's yeah. some maybe there's some fans out there that can sympathize, but. This Boise team, as you look across the Mountain West, this Boise team is as good and most think it are, is better than Utah State and better than San Diego State. Now, you have to travel to both of their homes, and eat, and both of those teams present unique challenges. But the bar has been Boise set a little State. bit here. But the bar has been set that now that we beat Boise, we can beat those teams. I do believe that the team that they have here, just like in this fashion, in the game tonight where it was – a hold on, hold on, hold on, and it came down to a final, you know, having to go for it to scrum on your own 35 and fourth and inches to win the game. I fully believe that we are going to have uh, the vast majority, if not all of the games, are going to be like that, maybe with the exception of, of one or two. But the the wins for this team are going to come in that fashion. And uh, But I wouldn't have it any other way. That's why you play – that's why sports are so great is because c- – guys are able to exhibit character and heart and grit as they did tonight and it's fun to be a fan and an observer of it well BYU has three wins on the year three three point wins on the year so that's the way it has been going let us hear now from the head coach of the Boise State Broncos Brian Harson. he spoke with the press a short time ago and intern Jeff Jeffrey Carroll was in the media room to hear this first thing I give credit to BYU they were ready to play and you look at the game, the turnover battle, the field position battle, those become key factors. Number one, they hit us on some explosive plays, but overall, we knew they were a good football team. That's that's one of the keys. They played a very tough schedule, and so we've got a chance to see a lot of film on these guys. We know what type of team they are, what type of players they have. And then getting on the road and traveling, it's always a challenge when you're on the road. So though all those things were addressed, all those things um, we talked about, and I don't think there was one thing going into this game that our guys weren't aware of. Now, 
the execution and making plays in the critical situations, that's really come, that's what it comes down to. That becomes the, the key factor in the game, and they made more than we did. There was a little bit of momentum in the end of half. We put some points on the board. We got three, and then in the fourth quarter, had a little bit of momentum there. Felt like our guys were charging back a little bit, and just not enough, not enough time. And those get, and they did a good job with their, their time. We had to use our timeouts in those situations, and they were able to get that fourth down a half a yard. And you know, you want to win ball games like this, you got to do those some things sometimes. And, and we didn't, we didn't get it done. But our guys, they care. They've, I know they work hard. But you know, this is a, this is a check right here. We're going into a bye week, and you got to go back and, and be honest with, all right, where are we and and our focus, our consistency, and all the things that we talk about all season long, it hasn't changed. Now it's just a matter of we've got to do it better. And tonight, we, we didn't do that. And we've been talking about it, and it showed up this evening. And BYU took advantage of their opportunities, and we didn't enough. First, uh, first of all, Hank's status, what, what was the deal there? And then uh, Chase, for three quarters, really seemed to kind of struggle. And then fourth quarter, <clears throat> found some things. But what did you see from his game tonight? Well, yeah, Hank's status, uh, you know, he didn't play tonight, but Hank's going to be okay. As far as Chase, yeah, he had a good rhythm early on. Now, like I said, BYU, they've got a really good defense. We've known that. And they made it difficult to throw in some of the windows. We had a pick. I thought we had a good play. And then the linebacker made a great play, came back on the ball and made a great catch in that situation. And that's a play they've been hit on before. And, and uh, I thought we called it at the right time. They just made a good play. But Chase competed. You saw him tonight. I mean, he ran the ball. He got out of bounds. He made good decisions towards the end of the game. He was competing. He was going. He was working hard to prepare himself for this game. And that's the one thing about him. He's a competitor, and I'm proud of him. You know, we just had the tur- the two turnovers, and, and that's what it comes down to. And uh, I don't think we ran the ball as effectively as we hoped that we would in the game. And. You know, we didn't have the rush yards that we thought we would be able to get, and, and especially coming into a, a team like BYU and on the road, you want to be able to run the ball and do it more effectively. Rob went out of the game. That became a little bit of a factor. But we had Andrew, we had George. Those guys were ready to play. Danny Smith was here. So, you know, the plan didn't change as much. And, you know, I thought BYU's made some plays tonight. We didn't. Not one guy, in my opinion, especially the quarterback. It wasn't anybody's uh, play out there, just one person on one play. Uh, they made some plays, and, and we needed to do a better job, 11 guys executing on our offense to make it happen like we did in the first drive, you know, consistently. Octavius Evans had what may have been his best game of his career. All right, that's uh, some questions, comments from uh, Coach Brian Harson of the Boise State Broncos. Thanks again to intern Jeff, Jeffrey Carroll, for grabbing those a short time ago. Let's get it going here on Cougar Nation now for a little while at least here as we get late into the night. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Hashtag BYUCNN to reach us on Twitter. If you want to reach us on the old snail mail, the email, as it were, you want to use uh, Cougar Radio at BYU. Uh, beg your pardon. Cougar Nation now at BYU. Edu. That's what it is. Cougar Nation now. Two at, ends. Yeah, at two ends. Yeah, Cougar Nation now. Two ends. Cougar Nation now at byu.edu. That's all right. That's the email address. And uh, we'll take some comments. We'll get it going. We'll start it off with Ben Burt tonight. Ben's going to throw a bunch of stuff at us, and I'm going to throw it out there to you guys. We're going to hit around the ones you want to hit. Here we go. First thing from Ben. 
He loved, he says, that Bushman was utilized so well. Matt Bushman had his first 100-yard receiving game tonight, five for a buckle, one, and two touchdowns. That's point one. Ben Burt says, BYU fans at the game were prepared and invested. Players were more prepared and invested. Coaches were more prepared and invested. He said it takes extra effort in all aspects to pull off these kinds of wins. He adds, doesn't it make you feel good to have three good quarterbacks? And then he he concludes with, what changed the most to get this win? Player effort, coaching effort, desire. There's a lot there from Ben. You guys can hit around whichever ones you want to, but I will quickly note Jeff Grimes has said, and I always kind of smile when he says it because he's so serious about it. He says, I've been on teams where you don't have any good quarterbacks, okay? So when you've got two and three, it's a luxury. And it's not just – Baylor Romney came in and is a number three guy, helped beat the number 14 team in the country. That says something. So where do you guys want to go with this? Mitch, we'll go to you and then Riley. Yeah, so, I mean, first off, four great points. Um, I, I love that. You know, as, as as I try and pick on one to, to talk about, I mean, it's – there, there were so many impressive things about this win where we could talk, we could go in detail about all of them. But, but one thing I want to talk about is I'm actually going to pinpoint, um, you know, to the last question, you know, what changed the most in my mind? Um, you know, there, I, there was also a question about preparation, um, you know, being more prepared and more invested. It seemed like, you know, from a player perspective, they were all more prepared and more invested for this game, and we saw that. One example I want to give that that I actually saw we didn't, we didn't talk about it too much, um, but Talon Shumway had three catches for 74 yards, um, but every single one of his catches were in key moments, and he w- he was ready for that moment. He was prepared for that moment, and and being aware of the situation. I remember his you know the first his first catch was a big third down catch um, that kept that first drive alive. The second one um, it was a third and 12. He catches the ball. Um, at you know, with probably four yards to go to get the first down, but he was aware of where he was and where the first down markers were, and he made the extra effort to get there. And I felt like all around, you know, we saw a lot of that with different players in different situations where they were just mentally aware and they capitalized on those opportunities. Um, you know, I go to Talon's catches; every single one of his touches t- or catches led to a touchdown drive, and so it just seemed like you know, to answer your question, yes, the players seemed so much more prepared more invested and it showed with you know 28 points which is the most points we've had in regulation this season against you know arguably one of the best teams that we will play this season so i mean just incredible 30 will happen i believe we'll <laughs> <laughs> cross 30 points in regulation but uh no to address the three quarterbacks so I agree. It is an extreme luxury, and it's something that uh, BYU fans should take a little bit of solace in. But one of the points, each of these quarterbacks is unique in their own right. We've talked about, you know, Roderick said, oh, there's similarities, and maybe we don't have to change the offense and thing. But they're different players, if we're being honest with ourselves. Zach has got uh, pretty unique arm talent and uh, is extremely accurate, and but also kind of a gunslinger moxie, run around behind the line of scrimmage, try and give his guys some extra time to get open down the field. Jaron, obviously, I think is the most – when you think of athleticism in the uh, in the Olympic sense or the track, you know, running, jumping, how you know how fast and how strong and how how high you can jump and all those things, you you have Jaron. He's out there ripping off 40-yard touchdowns like he did against South Florida, and then you have Baylor come in tonight and just was throwing the ball with anticipation. He was throwing the ball out on time. He was limiting negative plays. He was executing you know creative uh, play actions to get the defense to bite and kind of using those old crafty uh, quarterback techniques to find his success each one of those things is great in and of its own but I want to point out credit and I I felt this way 
after the Tennessee wins, after the USC win, this is the consummate team. Credit to the offense for being malleable enough to embrace each one of those quarterbacks uh, in their individual skill sets to be able to have success. A tweet coming in from Christine Garner where uh, she's in London. She says, thanks for the great call. On vacation in London, a 3.15 a.m. kickoff is not easy, but no way I was going to miss the game. Glad I could know what was going on, so thanks for uh, being with us. And it's now uh, 8.44 in the morning in London, and and we still have a few more hours to get there ourselves. Uh, Again, church will be here early enough for all of us here. Uh, Email from Bryant Walker, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. A great call as always, he says. Well, thank you for that, Bryant. Uh, and a fun game to listen to. In my opinion, this game was probably the most important one remaining on the schedule, both for resume purposes as well as bowl eligibility. And, of course, you'd have to agree with that, right? I mean, if you win it, it's the most important one because, ostensibly, there are games that might be uh, more attainable farther down the schedule. You point to Idaho State, Liberty, and UMass. If you were to win just those games, you will be bowl eligible. But then, as Riley noted, well, if you're going to be 6-4, and four, why not be 8-4? and four? And find two more wins and beat Utah State and beat San Diego State. And then if you won your bowl game and you just kept winning out, well then, wow, where it was, uh, what do we do at 2-4? and four? And if you were to, you know, again, keep winning, what a great season you would have had. And isn't, isn't it funny how certain things are still possible even though they seem so remote or the possibilities seem so remote earlier in the very same season? Uh, so, yeah, Boise State, now that you've got it, uh, becomes a massive win that way. Out of curiosity, he says, would you guys have had enough guts to go for it on that last fourth down play, or would you have rather punted the ball? He said, I thought it was an extremely gutsy play by Coach Sataki's part, but I definitely understand why he went through with it. I don't think he wanted to give Boise any more chances. And wasn't it fun, Riley, to talk with Kalani about it and have him tell us about the process where it's a forum discussion. You know, defensive guys saying, we can do this, punt it, we'll hold him. And the offensive guys going, we want the shot. And the scrum guys going, well, we can work. It was a really fun way to hear him describe how that all went down. There was a long time to do it, too, with all the delays and the reviews and everything else. I I want everybody out there that's still listening and up and listening with us to think about the ramifications. And you may think, oh, you're making this thing a bigger deal than it is. (laughs) It's not just the (laughs) – at the the end of the day, it's not just this game. Well, yes, this game hangs in the balance, but the type of trust and the credence that Kalani gives to the opinions of and and the input of his players, that – Ultimately, it has to do with the team success in individual games, has to do with the team success in individual seasons, which the the team the program success over the course of seasons has to do where his kids ultimately, if he's got to pick up and move somewhere else and take his kids out of school and all that thing, like those are the ramifications. Him, He could get fired if these decisions backfire, yet he continues to place his trust firmly in his players, in his coaches, and again, promote the consummate team mentality and it's it's paying off for him. From Ken, says, hello, Greg, Riley, Mitchell, and even Jason gets a shout-out. Jason's long gone. Jason's sleeping. <laughs> what are your thoughts on all these big wins BYU's getting under Kalani? And then he adds, my family had a great time watching and listening to the game together from all over the world. I'm in Kazakhstan, he writes. My son was in the stadium, daughter in Boise, another in Utah, and a wife and son in Idaho. Thanks to all of you for calling another exciting game and bringing a little BYU to Kazakhstan. So thank you, Kim. We appreciate that. And, yeah, you, you, he brings up you know big wins. And, yes, there are some uh, disappointing setbacks. The last two weeks were not fun uh, against Toledo and, uh, and South Florida. 
but you look at just what BYU's done for their three wins this year, SEC country, ranked team, ranked team. So they, they, they've had a habit of rising to moments, right? And Kalani references chips on the shoulder and all those kinds of things. This is a team with still the capability to make you proud and bring you out of your seats and, and have people run on the field at the end of the game. This is still in them. It's still who they are. It's been exciting. Most definitely they do. You know, one of the things that I think we're getting at, so a, a little bit of cross-sports analogy here. Max Scherzer is one of my favorite pitchers. He's going to be pitching in the World Series for the Washington Nationals. Again, against my Houston Astros, <laughs> against I will Mitchell's say. Houston Astros, congratulations to you. <laughs> Jose you. Altuve, two-run shot to win it in the bottom of the ninth. But I, I watched an interview with him. If you've ever watched Max Scherzer pitch, the guy looks like a psycho. Like, not only does he have the double eyes, he's <laughs> cussing, all, cussing and spitting and doing all, all this work, but... He is like that every game, whether it's a start in mid-July that means nothing in the ramifications of the season or whether he's pitching in the World Series like he will be doing next week. But they talked about him and his mental approach to pitching, and he says, I have to be that way always. If sometimes I approach it with less intensity, then I find myself in trouble. It's not it's not where you pick. And, and, and other guys are more, much more uh, calm, even-keeled demeanor guys. What doesn't matter is if you approach every game like a psycho or every game as a calm demeanor guy. What matters is that whatever your baseline is, you have to be able to maintain that and sustain that every game. And I think that's something that we're seeing with this team is that they're getting up, but they also maybe get pulled down a little bit. I hope tonight was a change. Mitchell, you mentioned the word aggression I hope they can bring that just as they did to Boise tonight bring that same thing to Idaho State and Liberty and UMass and these other teams that maybe don't carry the gravitas that aren't nationally televised and that aren't a a ranked team if they can do that then I think uh, you know it can become a special season before the break couple of friends of the program chipping in before we uh, take a brief time out from Tim in Moapa and in Moapa Tim in Moapa says big shout out to Austin Kafensis what a moment for a guy who's been all about the team, game ball to the senior. And uh, among all the celebrations going on after the scrum conversion, Austin Confences came shooting out of that pile, pumped up. He's got a fascinating st- you know, It's a really fascinating story about where he's been in his career to where he is now. So, yeah, I, I, I'm uh, totally with you on that one, Tim. Uh, nice to see someone like that get a moment like he did and, and make really uh, the, the play of the game when it came when it did. And uh, a friend of the program, Ryan Miller, and he this, this tags on to something you said, Mitch, earlier. A huge play for me, he says, was the first third-down conversion to Shumway. It extends the drive that leads to a touchdown and stops the early bleeding. Imagine if BYU punts from its own 20-down 7-0 early how the complexion of things might change. So talent was involved in that. Good point. Thank you, Ryan. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, You can tweet us, hashtag BYUCNN. The CNN stands for Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN. And you can email us, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. This is BYU Dining, Cougar Nation Now, brought to you by BYU Dining and the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today. Yes, we're giving away ice cream shortly. Come back with us now on, in a moment on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to BYU Dining and BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Uh, 
Brian Bertold brings up a great point. Hello, Brian. Um, he mentions how you mentioned Talon Shumway's uh, catches, which were, were very important. And then he also talks about um, scrum formation, and he says it can't be easy to come in cold, probably the reason that they ran that play on a first down just inside the 10. And it was early in the game, I believe first and goal from the 6. They ran scrum for two yards to the 4, kind of a nondescript little play that you know didn't get him in the end zone. and get it. So why would they have done it there and did that at all? impact their decision-making later when it really mattered. Riley, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think having everybody at attention saying, because there's sometimes when you're practicing, you can be running a special play like, you know, the scrum formation or the scrum personnel, and you practice, 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 it, and then you don't run it in the game, and guys don't ever actually think they're ever going to play. So when you do run it, it catches them by surprise. By running it that early in the game, it does bring everyone to attention. But I think more so, the reason why they called it is the offensive staff believed that they were going to need it throughout the course of this game. They wanted to get it called and a play run early despite the outcome to see what, how Boise was going to defend it what personnel were they going to put on the field and how were they going to line up assuming that Boise had prepared one defensive package against that one formation and once they get one look at it they'll know exactly what to expect when they called it later in the game Mitch. Well, and I thought it was I mean, I thought it was impressive. You go back to the first time they called it and they ran the exact same play. They ran a quarterback sneak with Austin Confenses. Then you get to the fourth and one and and sure enough, you know, that's the play that is the play that's called and and converts for the first down. Um but what, you know, to to piggyback off those fourth and ones, you know, very impressed with the play calling on those fourth and ones. You know that this week in practice they said, hey, we've got to make a statement. We're going to bring out, you know, bring out the big guns. And, and we saw, you know, the fourth and one, you know, touchdown pass to Matt Bushman and then the huge conversion by Austin Confensis. I mean, just all, all around, I mean, we talked about it, the, but the play calling was just incredible. Um, you know, really put BYU in a position to be aggressive, take control of the game, um, and, and that's what I loved about that last, you know, fourth down conversion, the, the ability to go for it. Um, you know, you had Austin Confensis who who deserves so much credit on that play. But, um, you know, is BYU saying we're going to take control of this game now and not give Boise State a chance and then in this, you know, while we can right now? Brad Buckwalter emails in Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. Great game today and a key victory over a tough opponent, Boise State, he writes. I watched the whole game from Seoul, Korea. Well, that's cool. And he's from overseas, and he says, my question, Baylor Romney looked pretty good today, quite good today, especially for his first start. I think he deserves another start against Utah State. Who starts in BYU's next game? Bye week this week, then they play Utah State. Jaron Hall should be ready to go, and Zach may even be healing up. Please give us your thoughts and your insight. And he signs it, Seoul Cougar, Seoul Korea, Seoul Cougar, Brad, Brad Buckwalter. Again, two weeks till BYU's next game. And not that you've got a full-blown quarterback controversy. Yeah, I'm, but I'm over here smirking because <laughs> so, Brad's trying to stir it up. <laughs> so um, you've been in the mix, Riley, at that yeah. position um, and, and where injuries have played a role in who's back first and who's ready and not ready. And Jaron Hall's ideally going to clear protocol. You'd, he was close, right? He, right? So you'd think you'd give him another week and he gets there. Zach, I don't know. I, I'm hoping sometime in November becomes a reality. But either way, I think Kalani – kind of answered it already saying, hey, let's go compete. Whether it's quarterback, running back, offensive line, if you're coming back from injury, beat out the guy that's playing no. and, and, and beat him out and, you, and you've and you done it. So I, I think it's all straight competition. 
Yeah, no question. And they have a bye week to be able to. If if Jaron practiced on Wednesday, then I gotta believe. And he was out there, you know, warming up tonight. Now I don't think there was ever any intention of him playing, but he was well enough to be to practice on Wednesday to be around the team and come out here and warm up uh, warm up tonight. So I imagine they they also will be able to use this bye week not only to prepare to Utah State, but a little bit of extra time to work out that that impending competition. But here's what I'll say: you gotta. It's true. Baylor looked great, uh, but the play calls and re- what was required of him was starkly different from what was required of Jaron last week. Last yeah. week, and everything and everything that excited me about him last week, I'm still excited about when it comes to Jaron Hall. No question. I mean, yeah. I think about man, he was he was in a we got we were pretty simplistic, pretty predictable last week. We were the exact opposite of that this week. So I'm like, man, I take all those things I love about Jaron, his athleticism, his playmaking ability, his, his explosiveness, and put this creativity around him. Man, the sky could be the limit. But then there's also that unknown of well, Baylor has proven to be so decisive and get the ball out so quick and all these things that we've, you know, been able to see that Jaron maybe is not quite as good at. Do you – anyway, I don't envy the coaches for making I, – I, I do agree that with Brad that Baylor needs to be acknowledged for his efforts. I don't think that the the baton needs to be handed right back to Jaron, but I do think that the bye week gives them time to flesh out the, comp, the uh, competition, and I don't envy the coaches for deciding who will play because both have been productive players for the BYU offense this season. Mitch? You know, nothing, nothing more to add. I mean, this, this is what I love about football, and, and especially at the Division One level. Um, you know, I, I take a, you know, even me in, in this position, the only reason why I was able to play is because, it, you know, a position became available, and then and then you compete for it. Um, and then once you've, you know, you've performed, you put yourself in contention every single week to, to win a job or lose a job. And, and so all of these players, I mean, not just at the quarterback position, but, you know, we talked about the offensive line. We talked about running back. I mean, guys are making statements to not just, you know, have one good game and that's it. I mean, they're putting themselves in positions to potentially fight for a position every single week and, and prove that they're, you know, a contributing factor on this team that can help produce BYU wins. And so I love competition. Um, that's, you know, that's uh, really how, how I got to where I, I um, was in, in my BYU career was pure competition and taking advantage of opportunities given. And so it's I'm just really excited. I think it's healthy for a team, for guys to compete. It brings everyone up, you know, up a level and, and, and creates that, um, you know, it brings the best out of everyone. And so this is, I mean, this is only good for BYU to have multiple guys producing in a specific position. Stephen Vincent emails in, Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. What's the best performance by a third-string quarterback in BYU history? He writes, my vote is for Ryan Hancock, playing most of one season in place of John Walsh and Steve Clements and having a great year. And I remember that year vividly because that was my first year on the BYU broadcast crew, 1992. I was the sideline guy. And, yeah, Walsh goes out, then Clements goes out, and then Ryan Hancock comes in. He was known more as a baseball pitcher at that point. And he led BYU to a fine season and a bowl game. So I'm going to go along with the Steven there and agree with him on, on Ryan Hancock. Tyler Andre emailing in and saying, props for a great game call. I had it playing while working my shift in the emergency room. Way to bring some happiness to Cougar fans even when sick. It was impressive to see so many great passes, he said, in horrible weather conditions. And great fans in horrible weather conditions, I would add as well. Mitch, you were down there all night. We were up in the warm booth, and you were down in it. But um, even though it wasn't a true full house, uh, 
I, I was impressed by the number of fans who came, stuck, stayed, and enjoyed what went on tonight. Yeah, and it wasn't just that they stayed and stuck. They made their presence felt and known and heard, and, and that was what impressed me the most is you know, they really ra- rallied around this team, and, and so that was just impressive to see. Uh, Brigham Talbot emailed a question in about uh, who is behind uh, Baylor Romney or who would have been behind Baylor Romney tonight, and the answer there is Joe, Joe Critchlow. Joe Critchlow, yeah. And then uh, Rhett Riley uh, would have been the number three guy. And so tonight you had Riley, Critchlow, and Hall all in their colored pennies and doing signaling on the sidelines uh, for uh, for Baylor Romney tonight. All right, uh, break time. As we do so, let's give away, let's give out our, our trivia question for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream brought to you by the BYU Creamery. It's the inside scoop trivia question. The classic BYU tradition, the BYU Creamery. Have a scoop today. All right, so uh, the uh, emailer a moment ago mentions Ryan Hancock in that 1992 season. But at the end of the year, in the Utah game, he tears his ACL. And BYU had to go to a fourth quarterback that year to end the year. Who was the fourth quarterback, and what was the bowl game he led BYU in? Okay, so in the year that Ryan Hancock was that great third stringer, I'll say it was 1992, they had to go to a fourth-string quarterback for the bowl game. Who was the quarterback, and what was the bowl game? That's your question. Answer it at hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter or using the email CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. CougarNationNow, two ends in the middle there. CougarNationNow, one word, but it's two words. It's three words. CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Email us or tweet us, hashtag BYUCNN. When Ryan Hancock went out, who was the fourth quarterback to come in, and in what bowl game did BYU play with that quarterback back in 1992? The answer is next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, where earlier tonight, BYU defeated 14th-ranked Boise State by a score of 28-25. Uh, we're concluding our Inside Scoop Trivia Contest right now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition have a scoop today. I thought Lisa Welch had won. She quickly tweeted in the answer to tonight's question, which I thought for a split second might have been correct. The question was, in 1992, after Ryan Hancock, third-string quarterback, had such a great year leading BYU to a bowl game. He was hurt in the Utah game, couldn't play in the bowl game. So who was the fourth-string quarterback leading BYU into the bowl, and which bowl was it? She said Tom Young, Steve Young's little brother. She said Tom Young, Hawaii Bowl. Oh, so close, Lisa. So then we went to the next answer, which came in on email, and it was Stephen Vincent saying Tom Young, Aloha Bowl, and that is correct. Tom Young, Aloha Bowl, 1992. Stephen Vincent, you are the winner. Yes, many correct answers came in, both on Twitter and via email, but they came in after Stephen Vincent, who said Tom Young, Aloha Bowl. Side note, personal note, that was my first season working with Paul James and Mark Lyons on the crew. I was the sideline guy. I got the job after my wife and I um, knew we were expecting. And so once I found out I got the sideline gig, that was the good news. The bad news was I knew we were going to have our first child during bowl season. And once BYU got the bid to the Aloha Bowl, which was a Christmas Day game, and our baby was coming on the 23rd, I knew I was not going to the bowl game. So 
The first bowl game I could have gone to, I didn't go to because our baby Jocelyn was born on December 23rd, 1992. But we brought her home. We brought her home on Christmas Day, and we watched the Aloha Bowl together. That was our first BYU football experience. My wife, myself, and our newborn baby girl, Jocelyn, watching the Aloha Bowl, a game I could have been at, but of course wouldn't have missed for the world. And that was 1992. There you go. Thanks a lot, folks, and congratulations, Stephen Vincent. We'll come back with more BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Thanks for the trivia fun. We're back after this. Hashtag BYUCNN for your questions and comments, or you can email us at BYU, or rather at uh, Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu. More of the show coming up after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Creamery and BYU Dining Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Email CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Cougs beat the Broncos of Boise State tonight, uh, 28-25. Broncos came in ranked 14th. They will drop. Tom Watkins emailed in who called the offensive and defensive plays tonight. And Kalani addressed this by saying it was a collective effort. But uh, he de- definitely credited uh, Coach Grimes and Coach Roderick at different times for each contributing to what happened. And uh, Coach Grimes differently tonight was down on the field. As opposed to up top, that was a change. But um, I, I think uh, the, the, the message from Kalani was this was a group effort tonight, a lot of different people contributing. As to exactly who was the, uh, uh, the final arbiter on every possible play, I can't say. But I, I, I will, uh, I'll take what Kalani said and, um, and, and understand it to be something that was a, um, a collaborative. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, as far as he says offensive and defensive, I, I don't – I didn't see anybody down on the sideline with the play sheet, so it probably would have been someone up in the booth. And I didn't also didn't see any unusual between the the booth and and up top. So, um, and then we did see Grimes on the sideline, but Grimes had a play sheet, and yeah. as he was trolling the sideline, it looked like, you know, probably he pitched in some, and Roderick pitched in some, and. Um, it, what, however it was, however it happened, both during the week and during the game, it obviously was able to produce a win. So I think it's something that you now provides a foundation. You iterate on it a little bit to try and continue to refine your process. But um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Brian Blanche tweeting in, hashtag BYUCNN. Loved the play calling in the third quarter. Felt the play calling moved a little bit in the direction of conservative uh, on on two fourth quarter drives. Uh you know, BYU, and one of the one of the things Kalani, I think it's okay to say what Kalani said off the air when he sat down. He's like, man, we're, we're, we we got we to gotta win the fourth quarter. Uh, BYU hasn't scored a fourth quarter point since the USC game. And that might have hurt them in a couple of games, didn't kill them tonight. But, uh, yeah, you want you want to be a four-quarter team, and you definitely want to finish strong. And so, um, you know, in, in Kalani's mind, uh, in terms of things to address and issues to resolve, that would be one. They're going to look at making sure they finish a little stronger and getting something done in the fourth quarter. Mitch. Yeah, I mean, one thing I will add to that as well is, you know, some people may may think that, you know, we were a little bit more conservative. But one of the things to, to recognize, too, is, you know, at one point we were up 18 points in the fourth quarter. One of the biggest advantages that uh, that you have on your favor is, is, uh, in that fourth quarter is time. And so when you're calling a lot of run plays in the fourth quarter, you know, a lot of times you're, you're hoping that time's going to play into effect because you call run plays, the time's going to you know tick down. And when you're up 18 points, you do. You want that clock to, 
to run down as quickly as possible because it's going to give you a better chance to win the game. Um, and so obviously, you know, you, you take Kalani's comments and, and that will be something that they address and, and, you know, making sure that they can win the fourth quarter. But, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was, um, you know, they just took their foot off the gas. It was, you know, looking at the play clock as well uh, or the time on the clock. Uh, to to try and manufacture the clock to help them come away with the win and you know obviously things got close but came away with the win that's all that, that's all that matters BYU now three and four and we've got another week off two buys BYU is a two game October this year that's a little weird but I went back and researched my October stuff today and there have been uh, two game Octobers in the past but uh, October if you were to look generally is usually the um, uh, the month where BYU schedules the most frequent buys, and they had two this month, and they'll be back at it in uh, Logan two weeks from tonight. Hey, before we uh, check out of here, Riley Nelson, congratulations to you and your wife, who uh, earlier this week, and let's note, early, early in the week, so it didn't mess with the game, by the way. we got to say that's really strong planning on your part. New baby, tell us everything. Uh, George Wynn Nelson, uh, 7 pounds, 6 ounces, 21 inches. And w- earlier when you were talking with Kalani, I was I was going to try – I had this prepped. I was going to try and work it in. You said it's a month between wins. And I was going to say, tell me about it. I doubled the number of kids in my house <laughs> during the time. <laughs> <laughs> between BYU wins. But, no, um, mom did a great job. Both baby mom, healthy or happy. They were home within 48 hours. She didn't even stay the second night, wanted to get home and – and uh, big brother, uh, so this is obviously baby George, and big brother Lou is in love with him, and I got two of my five from my basketball my basketball team. So we're happy and, and appreciate, thanks for the congratulations and all the support that we've received this week as people out there in Cougar Nation have reached yeah. out with congratulations, and so we appreciate that and add another one to the BYU family. How's the uh, Jurgens household looking these days in terms of uh, uh, population? What are you guys at? So total were three. So one one girl, uh, she actually turned one on Thursday. Um, so we had our first little birthday party, and it was uh, it was a moment that as a dad, you know, you get a little misty, a little emotional. Um, but it was, uh, I mean, it was it was fabulous. She's been such a blessing to our family, and um, you know, my wife's a rock star, and and you know, my goal is that she turns out to be like her her mom, and and then I'm a happy guy. Well, I'm uh, blessed to work with both you guys, and uh, and uh, uh, you know I, I I enjoy hearing how your little uh, lives and families are, are are developing and progressing, and um, hopefully we'll get to uh, be caught up with each other for many many years to come. But uh, wonderful! Congrats to uh, the Nelson family, and uh, happy first birthday in the uh, Jurgens family. Thank you. Good stuff. All right, let's wrap it up then for tonight, folks. Thanks for tuning in all night with us here. And yeah, it's uh, almost an eight-hour. Yeah, it was well. Yeah. It's already been an eight-hour broadcast tonight. Eight plus hours. At least four, forty minutes of it was on trying to figure out where the spot of the ball was. Good point in, on in that fourth down. To the fourth down. You know? <laughs> Take us here a while. So yeah, eight plus hours of football broadcast tonight from six fifteen p.m. to two fifteen plus in the morning. Thanks for being with us for a part or some or maybe some of you, or even all of it, if you can believe that. So we'll wrap it up. I uh, will tell you that we're on a bye. So next, uh, it'll, next game will be a week from Saturday at uh, at Logan at Maverick Stadium for BYU and Utah State. Uh, I have to ask you, Riley, um, there's going to – I don't want to say – you can't be conflicted necessarily, 
but uh, you have still have a lot of family ties, really close family ties involved with the Aggies right yeah, now. Yeah, my, my youngest brother, Chase, is uh, number 26. You'll see him. He plays mostly special teams and provides some depth at the running back position. He's kind of in that 3-4 spot. So the, the fact the him getting a carry is unlikely, but he is going to be out there and contributing. And, of course, all my – family and extended family or season ticket holders and up there so it'll be it'll be good to be able to watch a game unfortunately all of their buys are either away games or their buys co- their buys coincide my wife's with the newborn you mentioned not going to let me hop on it hop in the car with my dad to go to air force <laughs> to watch him play next week although i, I tell her BYU needs me to do some advanced scouting, but she's not buying it. But, uh, no, it'll be a tough matchup. Um, Utah State is playing really well on defense, and they scored another special teams touchdown, I think, which makes four four games um, this season where they've scored a touchdown in special teams. Jordan Love's a very talented player, but he is struggling as of late. He was three for 36 tonight. He threw two picks. It was what? Three or sorry, thirteen for thirty-six. <laughs> okay. Not three for thirty-six. That would have been mightily struggling, but <laughs> right. still thirteen for thirty-six with one touchdown, one interception. Um, at the he threw three picks against Colorado State two weeks ago, which was the last game that I watched. Obviously, they struggled mightily against LSU in their in the game leading up to this. But they they have Air Force this week, so tune into that, uh, BYU fans out there. You can do your own advanced scouting. That'll you know their defense is going to be a little bit tired. They're going to be having to put up with that physical. Um, defense and I think there will be a good opportunity for this BYU team to reverse the trend of we've we broken the curse against Boise broken the curse against Utah and we're building momentum to or sorry against hopefully against Utah State and building momentum to break it against Utah next year well that's our Utah State pregame show right there courtesy <laughs> of Riley Nelson so we got that out of the way all right so the Cougars and the Aggies coming up here in two weeks thanks to our crew back at uh, BYU radio engineer Sean Fay, control board operator Tanner Rawl Uh, Studio, rather, our uh, coordinating producer, Terry South. Our studio intern, James Havel, tonight. Our interns here at the stadium were Max Clark and Jeffrey Carroll. Our engineers, Barry Squires and Michael Wimmer. Our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter, McKay Perry. Our studio host here in the booth with us, Jason Shepard, of course. And four, Mitchell Juergens to my right and Riley Nelson to my left. My name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you for tuning in. Final score, BYU 28, number 14, Boise State 25. Cougars win it. Thanks for joining us. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been Cougar Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stauffer. BYU football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.